0: Also brought to you by Heads Up Guys. Heads Up Guys is a resource providing men with information and practical tips on how to manage and prevent their depression. This is a dedicated online tool devoted to helping men get the help that they need, finding someone to talk to, and navigate difficult times. For more information, please head over to headsupguys.org. And by Beneath, starting with the first thing that you put on in the morning, Beneath inspires you to be your most authentic self. Get ready to experience increased comfort that radically outperforms anything that you've tried before while leaving minimal impact on Mother Earth. Use the code UNITY to get 15% off at checkout at beneath.com. That's B N 3 T H.com everyone welcome to this week's episode of the podcast i'm here with garrett jones he is a new york times bestseller yeah i said it he's a new york times bestseller he's a veteran and he's also the host of the veteran state of mind podcast now this podcast is not for everyone so do yourself a favor and check it out quietly when children are not around welcome to the show my friend
1: cheers for having me what a brilliant introduction and lots of flattery i love it
0: Well, if you think that's flattery, then you obviously don't know what's coming down the pipeline because it's not my fault, people, but he has a mullet that is basically (laughs) of the gods, but he refuses to show it because it's so messy and disgusting. And so this gentleman decided to join me all the way over from the other side of the pond, London, and I'm super stoked to have you, mate. I've been following your podcast for a little bit. I love your dark humor. I'm not going to lie to you when I say that in most of your photos, you look like you are just straight up dying overseas. Like what the fuck happened to your eyes in this photo, my friend?
1: I don't know. There was a lot of dust over there. I can only I think like- that there was, I can, there was a lot of dust. There wasn't much, uh, there wasn't much sleep. And I think I was also going, i probably seen, uh, i probably seen Zoolander not like not long before going. So I was probably trying to go like, I was going for the hard, for the hard blue steel, you know?
0: The blue steel, the real deep, mm. like you have yeah. a lot in your soul to tell everyone. I did.
1: I had, well, I had a lot in my soul at the time. But when I look back on it, I think, to be honest, it was the, the amount of dust in my eyes. I, don't, I, I,
0: feel, I feel those are excuses. I feel those Yeah, were
1: excuses. They, they were. But, I was just going, I was going for smoldering, you know.
0: Smoldery look in the <laughs> yeah. middle of Iraq with some deep, some deep seriousness and a machine gun sitting beside you. It's fantastic. Uh,
1: I was only there to get the fucking photos. Why, why else does anyone go to war? Apart from good photos.
0: Uh, maybe exporting illegal drugs, saving that women will, that, and children. I'll say that.
1: No, I'm not, not accepting that one. That one's bollocks. Exporting women and children, maybe. Oh yes, yes.
0: One. Yes. Speaking of exporting women and children on a no-joking matter, I'm actually having Alana stott on in a couple of weeks to talk about uh, human sex trafficking. So, I mean, let's... Let's, let's not touch that. Let's save that for her. I feel like you're not an expert in that. And if you were, it would be a different conversation today.
1: I, th- I think let's not touch that is all you need to know when it comes to women and children and exporting them.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, exporting women is generally one of those things that's frowned upon. So we'll go from there. So I want to know a few things, my friend. Uh, a lot of my listeners are going to ask me, like, why in the hell would you have a human Viking uh, that's from London all the way on your show? And here's why the hell I would have him. This guy is a total fucking badass and so many senses of the world. You're hilarious. You're an incredibly talented writer. And not only do you write your own things, you actually help others write theirs and you help them blow up in the world, i.e. Dane Stott. So tell me, when did the writing start? How did the writing start? And was that just something you had always done?
1: Fuck. Uh, <laughs> we yeah, me on what the sp- you
0: gonna do about it now?
1: Well, well, Poppy just came in the room, so I'm going to distract you with Poppy. Um oh, Poppy. Yeah, Poppy's my cat for anyone who doesn't know. She's my muse, she's my flame. Um, oh. The writing, right, so here's the thing. Have you ever, you, you ever been familiar with this um, movie called Jurassic Park?
0: No, can't say I've ever heard of it. Right. Nobody has ever heard well, of it. It's not, it's, it's like an indie, right?
1: <laughs> well, when I was a kid, I wrote a sequel to Jurassic Park, which was exactly the same as the sequel that came out in the cinema, right? And I still have it. I have my fucking workbook here. So all I'm trying to say is obviously I have the muse from a very young age, but Jurassic Park 2 was the last book I wrote from childhood. I didn't write anything then up until like, for anyone that's listening and has been in the military, it's not the most kind of like conducive environment to, to writing, you know, you sit down, you're trying to get your thoughts together and then your mate comes over and slaps his balls on you. I know, top of top of your head. And, and that can be inspiring for some kind of things, right? um, but um, it turns out it's not the best place to do any writing. Um, so I didn't really start getting around to that until uh, I think it was about two thousand twelve when I started working on security on the ships. So I, I I first started um, I first started writing, you know, properly. And I thought, you know, what I'll do? I'll sit down. I'll write screenplays, and I will be a millionaire by thirty. And um, that's what I that's what I did in terms of writing. I didn't become a millionaire or anything like that. But I did actually get quite close to, uh, I did actually get quite close to selling some TV projects. Good for you. Yeah, and it was fucking dope. Because I thought, I literally thought I had cracked the industry within six months because I was uh, getting meetings on like the Universal lot. So I'm turning up, I'm driving around Universal Studios, I'm seeing all the people on tours and I'm like, haha, you fucking suckers, I'm about to be a millionaire. (laughs) So, and I'm going in for meetings, and it was with like big companies and everything. I'm like, this is fucking easy. I don't know what anyone's talking about. Um, and I genuinely thought I was I, I had it made. And then they were just like, I oh, just decided not to do this. We're just not going to do this one anymore. I'm like, oh, can I kind of just put like all my eggs into that basket. Right. Um, and and then I realized that one of the reasons <laughs> I was like, wow, I'm getting loads of meetings here. Well, I think one of the reasons why is because a lot of, um. Assistance. this might we were talking earlier about parts you might have to edit out this might be one of them there a lot of assistants in um hollywood are gay and i think that actually was one of the reasons i was getting most of the pieces
2: you're a beautiful big man because, what did you
1: yeah well i wasn't a bear back then now i'm more bearish i was a bit more <laughs> of a i was a bit more of a twink in those days but um but yeah, and I, and I was like, oh, maybe it's not that I'm super talented that people are getting mad. Maybe it's because people want to fuck me. And- um, Welcome and, and to I,
0: women's world, my friend.
1: Well, I Okay, this is, I digress for a moment, but I have always said to men, if you want to understand what it's like to be a woman, go and work out a 24-hour fitness in West Hollywood for a day. And you will have, not, oh, she got past me. And you will, get, you will get some idea of what it is like to be a woman. Um, mm-hmm. it's not nice not going to lie it's not nice so not shout if you're out a decent all the women. looking
0: one either right it's got to be yeah. decent you don't even have to be like a smoke show like you just got to just look like you have it together just enough mm.
1: so mm. yeah shout out all the women dealing with the patriarchy because it, it ain't easy on this but yes yeah. it's um, I I I, um, I had these big expectations that kind of came not crashing down I wouldn't say they came crashing down but I still I still thought I could get it done, but I just realized that there was so much about getting a TV project made, which you could make, you could write the best thing that's ever been written. And just for, you can't get it in front of the right people. You can't get the financing or whatever. It just, Mm -hmm. it just might not happen. There's so many moving parts that need to connect. But if you write a book, you can always self-publish. Like you can't self-publish. Well, some people might have the money to do it, but very few people have a few million pounds in their back pocket where they can go, I can self, you know, equivalent or self publish a, a TV show or, or a movie.
2: Right. Um,
1: I mean, some people do. I mean, that's why a lot of the times when you see like an absolute trash movie, a lot of the time that's kind of what happens is people are playing with house money. But, indie, um, mo-
0: indie money, indie yeah. money.
1: But we, um, also we, me at the time, I do not have a split personality. Well, um, if you
0: do, nobody would be surprised.
1: <laughs> I probably have a few, but I, I, do, I do think, all right, I'm not going to go off on that one because I have been thinking about that, the young sh- the you kind of the shadow thing recently, but whatever. Um, we can get into so, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so um, with the books, I just thought if you do the work, um, as you know, you've got a book, I can see you know, you've got a book there that says do the fucking work. Mm. Um, that yeah, is- it's one
0: of our sponsors. Actually, it's the um, it was the first book published by Harper Collins that had swearing on the title. It's mm. uh, they're the guys from um, Good Fucking Design Advice. They do incredible work. They've got um, they sponsor the show, but we have a we have a collab product coming out with them. And and the book's not even a book book. It's like a. You know, mm. and so it was the first one that Harper Collins ever put out with uh, swearing on it. So I was like, I can respect the fucking
1: of that see, this is why I'm a great guest because I have just given you a product plug without you even having to do you it. You this see? is absolute, this is pro level podcasting right here. This
0: is um, what you call magic right here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so all right, you're going to have to cut me in on that capitalism. Um, Got but you. yeah, if you, if you do the fucking work and if you, if you, if you do the work and if you make a, a professional product, someone out there is going to want to read your shit right. and, um, and I, and so I started, I switched over to books in 2015. And then I was a bit, I kind of like, I believe in, in gaming the system as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So I looked at, well, what are people asking for? Like, what are agents asking for? Um, and across the industry, most agents were asking for, I think it was about a 10,000 word sample, um, is what they wanted to see at first. And they wanted a treatments, and they wanted, which, you know, basically like a synopsis of the book. Yep. And I thought, mm, everyone's just asking for 10,000 words why am I going to spend a year now writing a book when I can just write 10,000 words? Right. So, Because their idea is that you've got, the, you've, you've got the rest of it done. So I wrote 10,000 words, made it really good, sent it to them, and then they came back like, oh, this is great, can we see the rest of the book? And I got back uh-huh. in touch with them saying, there is no rest of the book. But the reason why there isn't the rest of the book is because I don't want to spend a year of my time working on something that maybe isn't the right fit for the market right now. You're the right. agents. So you tell me what to write and I'll write something that fits the market. Right. Some of them came back with boo boo, boo, boo hoo, hoo and a bunch <laughs> of them came back with, that's really smart. Yeah, we'd love well, to that's meet that's
0: logical. Up. Why would you waste all your time doing something if they're <laughs> going to come back to you and say, hey, this isn't even on the market. This isn't marketable. This isn't what people are reading. This isn't the style. Maybe, you know, your grammar shit. Like, it's, you know, it's a big time investment to write an actual book.
1: Especially when you're at that point where it's not your job. You know, exactly. we're talking, like, like we're talking about like, this is, you're trying to, so at, at best, this is going to be your, what what's getting the, you know, the second amount of your time. If you've got family, it's probably third down the list. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and my, my thing was like, I knew that I wanted to meet an agent that I was going to work with for a long time. I didn't want to be working with some dinosaur who was like, wow, that's just the way it's always been. You have to do a hundred thousand words. And like, I was like, I don't want to be working with that person anyway. So yeah. for me, that kind of stuff is a good filter because I want someone that thinks along the lines of right, what is the best you know use of time? And and as it turned out, the sample that I did because I thought I might as well write about Afghanistan because I was wanting to try and work out some of my thoughts on paper anyway, and it wasn't mm-hmm. the right time. Like we didn't publish that. We didn't put. So what I what I submitted to them at first was the initial Brothers in Arms, but it was ten thousand mm-hmm. words of Brothers in Arms, which we didn't publish until uh, four years later because it wasn't the right. It wasn't the right right time. time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I understand. I understand that. I mean, with ours, I mean, mine that's coming out this year, it was supposed to be last year. It just wasn't the time. Like I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't do anything. Unfortunately with COVID hitting the world, the way it hit and people choosing to respond to it the way they chose to respond to it, I couldn't travel. And so they come back to you. It's like, well, that book's been done for two years. It doesn't mean that it's not going to come out. It just means it's not the right time. And if somebody that's working with you is intelligent enough and knows the system well enough and understands what people want at the time, they're only going to do you a service and not a disservice. It's like, well, they're not intentionally holding it back. They're holding it back because it could do better if you just waited another year. And I respect Mm -hmm. that. I can and yeah. That.
1: And shit comes in like art, art comes in waves, you know, right. so it quite a lot of times it's um, it's good to not be the it's not it's good to not be the first, you know. So one of my friends, right. um, he's a DJ music producer, like a big time one. And uh, a few years ago, he launched a new platform, which was all based on blockchain and cryptocurrency and everything like that. Too early. Um, yeah. And it fell through but now everyone's doing NFTs and all that stuff. It's the massive thing. And he, was, he, he had the right idea, but he was the first to the space. And sometimes, you know you, that can work out for you, don't get me wrong, but, but for most people being first to the space is usually not a great idea. My brothers in arms ended up actually coming a bit too far on the back. In the end, okay. I think uh, like the year, I had, um, I had one that I ghost wrote the year before, which went into the top 10, And I said, oh, well, great. If I sell this number of copies with Brothers and Dams, I'll be in the top 10. I actually sold more copies, but because of the other books that were around that time, like there was a bunch of books in there, like Michelle Obama's, all that kind of stuff. Like everyone in the top 10, if you looked at that top 10, you recognize all the names in there. Got it. And it was just that that year then had become the year of the celeb book, Um, more so than usual. And even though I'd sold more than I expected to, (laughs) I still didn't get the top 10 with it. So I was a year... Too late, but you know, sell
0: But you know what the thing is, is at least it sold, at least it was moving, and at least people still wanted it. It's not like you put something out and it's like, mm-hmm. I sold five copies to my mom, my dad, my aunt, my uncle, and my sister. Oh, like that's you, happened you- too,
1: though. That has happened to me. I'm not going to lie. Um, I did get some good news today, though. Actually, tell me share, share with you. I haven't told anybody sure. this because I, 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 I do that thing when I get emails and I'm like, oh, that's dope. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to go on Instagram and get some instant gratification. And then I totally forget what I was doing. Um, Fair enough. So yeah, we've got, so even though the book was released going on two years ago now, uh, it is going back into, um, supermarkets and grocery stores next month. So that's pretty cool. Two years later, that's, which is really cool. I didn't realize that happened. So I'm like, a that's, boy." That's, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, what was I what was I saying about IS? Oh, yeah, so,
0: Congratulations, first off. That needs a moment of fucking acknowledgement. That's impressive. To be able to actually do that, have something come out to yours and then it relaunched because it was that well done. Like very that's impressive. You should have just acknowledge that for a second. All right, your acknowledgement's over. Move on. What else? Here you we're
1: saying let out some bottles of champagne just out of arm's reach here, which I might get into. Poppy. Get it. Yeah. Oh, damn it, so, Poppy.
0: Use your claws for something good.
1: But getting back on that thing of the the books that like five people yeah. buy I did I wrote something else talking of uh, our mate Paul DeGelder a lot of it was kind of based on um, um based on him in a in a way but it was it was a lot of it was based on my experiences and Paul and I wanted to make a character who was instead of being this like oh I'm silly dark detective mm-hmm. and I have an awful relationship with my daughter and I fucking hate it when detectives turn up at somebody's house and they got their tie all over the place and stuff. I'm like, oh yeah. disrespectfully. Oh yeah, i just I've just looked like I've slept in a bush and I've come to tell you that your kid's been fucking raped and murdered. You know, yep. cheers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to make a guy that was like he was into yoga, he was into meditation, he like drinks fucking kale smoothies. And like
2: <laughs> oh. and just do
1: just do the top yeah, he's poor basically. Uh, he's poor, but he does have he does have hair and like mm. so that was the, that was the character and everyone has read the book so i, I took it to publishers and, and they were all like we love it but can you make him special forces and can you do this because they want to be able to market it like yeah this, like this book was written by former soldier garen jones and it's a special forces guy i'm like no i don't want to do that he's a yeah. guy who's a surfer who goes to vegas and gets involved in a crime like and that's what i wanted to sure. be and I was like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to do a Kickstarter. I'm going to do a Kickstarter for it. Um, and I did the Kickstarter and I self-published it. And I went back and read it like a year ago. And I'm like, this is a fucking good book. Because, you know, sometimes you're like,
2: yeah. you're,
1: I, call it, I call it the X Factor Factor. So when you're watching X Factor and you're like, you're looking at the people on there. And I'm like, why didn't anybody tell you you suck? Like, everyone yeah. around you is a liar. And I always think that there's that, I always have that worry in my head of, are people telling me I'm good, but I actually suck? But where, and then you go back and look at something that you've done sometimes, and like I have had it where I've gone back at stuff and I'm like, oof. But then there's, but then with this book, I went back and I was like, this is a legit good book. Yeah. Um, and like anyone listening that gets turned down for your work, I would just say that it might be because it sucks. Let's just be honest. Could be. But, but it might not be. You might have written something really fucking good that yeah. just, uh, I think people underestimate how important the the when the marketing team, like how much of a how much of a decision they have over what is bought by a publisher, as opposed mm-hmm. to like this is the this is the best bit of work we've had in. Like so, if they get an like if they had if I if I gave in an absolutely brilliant book which I wrote about a young single mother's struggles, and I wrote that book and I nailed it. But I did a subpar action book.
0: Mm-hmm. They're going to want
1: to buy the action book off me because I'm a soldier. That's I mean, right. so this is the time to tell you that I'm now writing a single, a struggling single mother book. No, but, but that, but no, but that's what's so that's what's so kind of like that is frustrating about the industry is, and this is why I, I really try and fight to not get pigeonholed is because I don't want to be in 20 years time going to be, right, have you got the next Afghanistan book? It's like, dude, I've been doing it for 20, I was there for six months, I've been doing this for 20 years.
0: Yeah, like when's the next about like- struggling
1: single mothers.
0: Yeah. Like, that's the thing with books though. I find, especially with, if you've been in the military and like the majority of people, it seems like who w- write books that have deployed are special operators. And then you get the odd person, like say myself or you who weren't a special operator, but we do write books based on experience. And it's because it's not that we've done any, well, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty cool. So it's not that you've done You're anything like, too, I know, God damn it. You got me there. I, damn it. It's the cool people who write the books. It feels like, but it's also the time where if you choose to release it based on what you've done overseas, you're going to be pigeonholed into that, whether you like it or not for a temporary point of time. And like you said, going back to like what the marketing team, it's like, if you cannot market a book, we've had this discussion before. If you cannot market a book, a publisher will look at you and go, What's your marketing plan? And, and most people, I think, think when it comes to the publishing game, I think they think that, oh, well, if you, if you sign with like one of the big five, so like Collins or like um, Simon & Schuster or some of these, you, they give this perception that they're going to handle the marketing. They're going to blow you up. They're going to do the work. But the first thing they're going to come back to you and say is, what's your marketing plan? You're only going to get 10% of everything, but what's the plan that you're going to put in place? What are you going to do to travel to make it big? Who are you attached to? And unfortunately, they look at your Instagram numbers. They look at your Facebook. They look at anything that's going to cause you to be able to sell a book. And if you don't have the following, you don't have the actual numbers dialed as to a plan in place to execute that and and put it out into the world, they could easily turn it away. Like you said, it could be a badass book. It could be what you wrote, but it doesn't matter. And if you do well with a military book, they're going to ask you to write that again, because that's where you've thrived. And that's where the sales have come from. But if you come out and you self-publish something that is completely different than what you've done before, you might see a difference in a publisher then because they're like, okay, you've proved yourself. Even if you have a New York Times bestseller, they expect you to prove yourself so that you can then write in a different genre that's not just war-based.
1: It's fucked up. I mean, it's like having a mechanic and saying like, right, you can only work on this one type of car forever. It's like, if you understand cars, you understand fucking cars. If you understand writing, you understand writing uh you know you've had dean on the podcast
0: yeah um, i don't want to thank I don't you for wanna...
1: that was that me oh. yeah
0: you know why because <laughs> he said he trusted me because of you
1: hey totally lying wasn't oh, I? Hey. I didn't even know anything about you <laughs> um but my i'm you know me my thing with dean is you know no disrespect to the publisher but me and dean have got every bit of publish every bit of publicity for that book me and dean got Everything. I know it's impressive.
0: So, We've talked about this. Like you and yeah. I've had this conversation before privately where I'm like, bro, how the fuck? And you're like, yeah, that's been us. Like that has just been our hard work. And what I don't understand is when they say, we want you to provide all your publishing. I mean, sort, all of your publicity, they don't want to help you with it. I mean, mine. Fortunately, I've been lucky because she's been—they've been incredible. But the very rare amount of people who are like, "Well, we'll fund this for you. We'll get you on this. We'll do this for you." It's like they want you to provide the sales without providing any sort of uh, structure or way to get there. It's all on you.
1: Yeah, I got really lucky. So, like Pam McMillan that did uh, Brothers in Arms, they pulled the stops out and they got me in Times. They got me in the Times Magazine. They got me in the Daily Mail. They got me on the One BBC, the One Show um they got me on onto that they got me onto a bunch of other things i would never been able to get that on my own so they pulled the stops out there generally speaking you have to do the shit yourself um and it's kind of ironic because they mostly put their publicity behind people who really don't need it because a lot of these like they're they're these household names and they're like all right well we're putting all publicity budget behind them so i think they'll be okay they've got like three million followers yeah, it's like um, Jessica
0: Simpson. It's like we got to put a publicity team behind her. It's like, for what? Yeah, for why?
1: Well, behind that full-time team that she has. But, but yeah, it's a support but, uh, team.
0: It's a support yeah, team but, to, to help the first team.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but then on, but the other thing though is they do look for a story. So, um I I don't think it's controversial to say this. If you are a young black writer in 2020, 2021, you will, you will have a great chance of selling your work because you're hiding behind your microphone. This is just a fact. Like they're, a fact. That, because they're looking for young black writers. And I'm not saying there's, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. That's you think just it's any different
0: than me you think it's any different than me you think anybody would have come to me if I wasn't a five foot hundred pound person that used to go out with men on the front lines and huck hundred pound rounds rage I just had a unique story I was in a unique position I'm not anything fucking special I just happen to be a gender that did something that wasn't what a normal gender did with a country that wasn't hers it's nothing like crazy these stories are everywhere it's just who we choose and make be important it's it's, it's their choice you know what I mean? mean it's not anything that i've done that's fucking spectacular the only thing i've done is sworn too much that's what i've been told from <laughs> gecko you're too aggressive you're too forward you're too much and you swear too much
1: well yeah <laughs> but no i i agree but look it was the same for it was the same for me um i think i had a like i i have done a lot less than a lot of infantry soldiers but because, um, well, one, I just think I got dealt a very good hand in life with my parents and my education. Mm-hmm. I, I think I can, I can write about an experience that most, in a way that most soldiers can't. Most, right. enlisted, most enlisted men cannot write. And, I, and I'm not, I don't mean they can't write. I mean they can't write full stop. Most of the guys cannot write. So, mm-hmm. therefore, I was able to put an experience across that loads of other guys have had, literally tens of thousands of guys have had, but most couldn't mm-hmm. articulate. Um, exactly. And, and, and then, so, you know, someone like Dean, Dean's story is exceptional because Dean is exceptional. Like that right. motherfucker, like Dean is exceptional. <laughs> yeah. Like sometimes I'm hanging out with Dean <laughs> and this is the same with like Paul and, and like Nate and these guys. I'm yeah, like, yeah. sometimes I forget who they are. Like right. there was a moment, um, there was a moment, it's probably almost about a year to the day last year that it was just before I left America and two guys, Came down to hang out with me before I left, and it was Paul DeGelder and Rudy Reyes, and we're sitting down like drinking and i out, and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, this, "This movie, this movie." I'm like, these two guys are so fucking legendary and awesome because they just become your friends, right. and I forget, I forget. Like sometimes I, I say to Paul, I'm like, "You had a fight with a shark, <laughs>
0: like what? <laughs> you literally died. You died and have no limbs. How are yeah. we
1: friends?" yeah, and it's it's just and it's it's mad. And like um so you've you've had Nate on the podcast too, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I accidentally so- pulled the rub and tug card on our podcast. Did you listen to that episode?
1: No. Rub took.
0: toe. Yeah. So we were chatting. Let me just drop this in real quick. It was like oh, cool. one of my first, he was, yeah, that's right. I went there. He was one of my first bigger guys. And I reached out to him because we have some mutual <laughs> friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It was super cute. Uh, we had some mutual friends. I was like super nervous. He was one of my first episodes. And I was like, you know, I want to talk to Nate about how, when it works with the, you know, when you're in the military, if you're a special operator and, or if you're anybody in like a Marines, they do a lot of like you do a lot of like hand to hand work, like a lot of training on like your hand to hand combat and all this, right? And I was like, so you guys are like rough and rugged and that like rub. Uh, I was like rough and rugged. I was like rub, uh, rubble, rub and tumble, like tumble. And then all of a sudden I was like rub and tug. And he goes, what the fuck? I was like, I meant to say, do you guys give each other rub and tugs? But really, what came? Out was, you should have seen like the shock on his face. Like, mm-hmm. did you just say rub and tug? Like, are you gonna edit that out? I'm like, no, I'm not gonna edit it out because that's a brilliant blooper. But these guys are I get what you're saying. Like you hang out with people and at some point you kind of look at yourself, you kinda look around, and go like, uh, I don't um I don't I don't fit I don't fit in here. I don't I don't fit in here. You guys are I, cool. I feel like
1: it's not that I don't feel like I fit in, but it's it's more that I just feel so like fucking lucky. Right. I think that's right. that's kind of an in. Cause it's like I I know I fucking work hard. I know I've achieved a lot of stuff, and I know like, but it's more. I'm just like, how fucking cool is this? This is dope. So like me me and Nate, yeah. So me and Nate have made a movie together. Um, I've
0: heard about this. We talked about it on podcast. Glad you listened to it.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm busy. Uh-huh. Come on! Oh, you're <laughs> so full
0: of shit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come find Poppy, and I'm gonna hold her ass until you fucking listen.
1: I'll fucking cut a motherfucker if you ever it. A fuck Poppy. Buddy, you got screen. a
0: long way to fly, baby. You got a long will, way. to fly I've got
1: air miles. I've got, I've got the air miles for this. Uh, I, will get, I will get my Amex out. I, who am I talking about? I cut my Amex up a long time ago. Fuck those motherfuckers, right? right. Um. So for movie though. Like, mm-hmm. so Nate, Nate sent me the cut, the, like the first cut of the movie. and like, I'll be honest with you, he sent it on like, it couldn't have been the worst weekend because I'd been partying that weekend. And, and I'm kind of watching it in like a days. And then about halfway <laughs> through, there's like this Wiz Khalifa song. And I text Nate and I was like, I've never heard this song before. And he's like, yeah, he did it like special for us for the movie. And oh, I'm, what?
2: Like,
1: I'm like, right. So I'm watching a movie that I made with this guy that I met on the other side of the world and Wiz Khalifa's just made us a song for it. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, because I've always been like big NFL buff, and okay. some of the guys that are in the movie, we've got... Actually, yeah, I'll come on to one of them in a minute. Yeah. Oh, sounded bad. And we've got... So oh, we got, you, like, we've got like... We these know you come
0: f- on to the boys, baby. We know <laughs> you come these, on like, to the boys.
1: We've got these Hall of Fame American football players and stuff. I've been watching for like the last like 15 years, and they're reading lines that like I wrote with Nate, and I'm like... Well, this is just fucking crazy.
2: <laughs>
1: but one of the guys that's in the movie, um, Randy Couture, like Randy mm-hmm. Couture is like the you know like a UFC legend.
0: I know and,
1: who Randy uh, Couture. I would, is. I, I, okay, well, I would for your listeners, the listen, you, you you know you you have some very refined Randy listeners.
0: Couture is how do you describe Randy Couture besides being a giant dude?
1: Giant dude who like was one of the original UFC kind of icons, there, I'd say. Yeah, um, yeah. Also former army. And I, obviously, I you know I I loved the, that era of UFC. I don't really watch it anymore, but because I I loved it in its like early form. But ra- u- like Randy Couture is like an absolute legend to me. Anyway, yeah. I've been in, I've been in Vegas for a weekend, uh, and when I go to Vegas, I I don't really see a bed. So I feel like I,
0: you're not allowed there.
1: I'm I I'm uh, I'm kind of like I don't want to say I'm the king of Vegas, but I'm definitely some kind of baron. Um, yeah. So I went, I, went from, I went from my friend's uh, basement where I'd been DJing for about 24 hours. And, <laughs> um, I went to the airport and I was getting on and like when I, and, uh, I got to my seat and I had like, I was right at the front and I was in the corner. So I had one person to, to get past. And, this, and I, 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 I must have like stank. I'm, I can barely stand. And like, I'm wobbling all over the place. And I'm like, excuse me. And he looks up and it's Randy Couture. Shut the fuck up. I, oh my God. I'm sitting next to Randy Couture. So I sit next to him, but I'm like, oh, I can actually, you know, because he said hello and stuff. Um,
0: so I gave you permission to be like, I want to know your life story. Uh, Tell me everything uh, about you. You said hello.
1: Well, the thing is about Randy is I know he knows Nate and, and Randy had already read the script and signed off on being on the script. So, so you actually I, could. I actually have a legit reason to talk to him. And yeah. I was like, I'm like, my name, Nate, friend, I'm I'm friend of Nate, script. And he's like looking at me like, oh, he's like, they've given him an upgrade because he's special or something, I'm like trying to speak. And then I literally just halfway through speaking, I just went, (laughs) fell asleep. And we woke up on the other end and like, we woke up, I think we were fine at Denver. So it wasn't like that long of a fight. And we woke up and he's laughing. Um, and I was just, and, and, um, he was like, oh, so how was your weekend and stuff? And I'm like, I was a bit more like at that, you know, like, so sometimes like that 40 minute yeah. sleep, just like, and I, and I was like, I was, I couldn't believe like, I was so embarrassed, but, um, but also finding it funny. And he was like, what were you in town for? And I was like, God oh, divorce party. And he, we had a laugh and we talked like going off and, and I was just like, I have taken so many flights in my life and i've sat next to some nice people but i've never right. sat next to somebody that i'm like you know this is the person i want to be fully mentally focused for and i'm yep. literally like i am more molly than human being I'm <laughs> Like, you could probably smell like you could probably just smell it coming out of me coming and off of
0: I, your pores
1: yeah i was like everyone on that flight was probably fucking high by the time we got off that's brilliant and I just, I just couldn't believe it. But it was one of those moments where, cause I, I told my, I got to my friends then and told them and they were like, no, you're, you're full of shit. You're full of shit. And I'm like, it, it, it happened. I I, I couldn't believe it.
2: Like, bro, you um, were high. You were
0: too but high. That was Randy Couture. Yeah,
1: but then I asked one of my, my friends asked me and he was like, um, uh, um, cause he, cause he came on my podcast for friend, Charlie. And he was like, oh yeah, I spoke to Randy about you. And I was like, well, he remembers me. He was like, oh yeah, he remembers you. <laughs>
0: It's not the best to get that validation that he actually acknowledged your existence, even though you were yeah. pretty much giving him a contact high.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but I was just cool, like I, that. That's
0: great, man. It, it,
1: it was, it was, it was cool though because it's like, like it's. I do like look up to people like him and not because of so much necessarily what they've done in the sporting world, but like what he does with charity and stuff. Now I think he's right. a person. So I think he's a person worth looking up to the same as Paul and the same as Nate and the same as Dean. I think the all guys that are worth looking up to. And I think that's been something really that's kind of, I never expected over the last few years that I would be able to not, and this is not to disrespect any of my old friends, but someone that's my yeah. like I, icon, but like i love my friends like, i'm gonna see my old school friends on saturday but they're not my icons
0: yeah but like they're not you know, more navigate- mentory what you want to grow yeah. up to be focused you know get that direction hit that level they're just it's a different type of friend i understand what you're saying
1: yeah they're
0: gonna yeah. hate you though cool your friends it. are
1: gonna hate you <laughs> you know, like don't my listen to Whitley-
0: yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. You don't fucking listen to my <laughs> podcast, so you're not fucking cool enough, clearly. But listen, I, I mean, I get it. We all have that like subset of friends that either stick with you or they don't. And then as you develop, if you're as cool as you and I, you get the chance to hang out with people that you could only have dreamt of being a part of or even having them acknowledge your existence. It's just how it is.
1: And like Paul, I, rem- I remember this thing there. I think it was on a flight. Um, I saw him because I was watching this documentary and I was like, I was like, oh, who's this? Because he was talking about, he was like, oh, when I was in the military and he was was like, yeah, I don't Uh, know, I'm missing. I didn't know the story then. I was like, oh, he probably lost it in an IED.
0: And then,
1: and then like, so he, he, he entered me. He entered my life years before I was made with him.
0: Entered Garen Jones in a deep, slow, just really I think Paul him. would make
1: a great lover. I think he would. I think Intentive. I think. Attentive. If I if I if I was going to if I was going to switch to the other side it would probably be yeah. it'd probably be Paul. if
0: yeah.
1: hey if I wanted to switch I'd switch no stopping me when it when it comes to that I would be When the goals I are all there. All, yeah, I, I would be I would be uh, I would be trying to lock Paul down. ASA. What's
0: that saying you said uh, you you said what's that saying I hear in the military it's like any hole's goal isn't that any what you guys say?
1: Yeah, any hole's a goal. I mean, right? that's what so, we say back in the military now. I think, you know, if you say Paul's... that now, you might get in trouble with the police.
0: What, isn't right? it like Paul Sigal? Like you could technically still. I, think
1: I I, I, like so. Last year, before all this COVID happened, which is very selfish of the world, to be quite honest, because me and Paul had plans. Um, plans. I agree. You had plans I... with you. You had plans with your book. I mean, it's extremely selfish. Um I agree. But me and Paul were looking at getting a house together. And to be honest. Probably more people would have died if me and Paul got a house together in Vegas than, than, than have died the COVID. Have you got to edit this out? Probably.
0: I feel like if you and Paul got a house in Vegas, there would be um, a news story within 48 hours of the house uh, moving in party. I feel like there'd be like, there was a drunk overdose. There was a sexual assault. Garrett assaulted Paul. It's known. He didn't have his leg on. He was defenseless. He couldn't run away. And that was it. He was just soft. He was smooth and soft from all his swimming with the sharks. And he would just shave and he just got <laughs> mistaked. He got mistaken for a wet seal. And then Garrett just went to town. And the next thing you know, you'd be kicked out of Vegas and never welcome back in the United States again. I don't fault. think it's
1: going to happen. I think they would love this, but I, I still want it to happen. I still want me and him to live together at Vegas for some point. I think it could, be a, reality, it could, be, could be a reality TV show. Uh, just me. I would watch <laughs> it. Look, I would do you watch see it. me?
0: I would watch it because I'm a supportive friend. I oh, support okay. everything you do. I comment on your shit. I make fun of you when you're sucking. I do lots of things.
1: Okay, well, let me ask you this though, because this is a genuine question, because I do believe in this being supportive and friends. Thing. Right. Hit me. But as you get more support, like as you get more friends at doing shit, fucking possible. Like if you and I were to listen it- to the podcast, if you and I were to listen to the work that our friends put out we would never get any fucking work done
0: oh man i hate you know what that's the thing i find really fascinating that's that's an interesting point you brought up maybe this is why you're a good podcaster because i've listened to your show so i would know the 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 thing with your hosting is i like is like you're honest and you talk a lot very openly and honestly about things and When you start to get to a certain point in a career, it depends obviously on the career that you're in. I mean, for example, you're not going to have maybe an ER doc that's going to have a ton of friends that are... Navy SEALs, Army Rangers, top of the top, world's elite, SBS, you're not going to have Garrett Jones, you're not going to have, you know, Poppy in your life, you're not going to have these type of people in your life that you have all the time for. But if you're somebody that is trying to make your name in the world, that you're trying to make a bigger impact, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you want to look at it, it takes a lot of time. This is something I ran into this weekend. Do you want to hear about my story?
1: Yes, please. Because I am a supportive
0: friend. You You are a supportive friend, love. Okay, I'm going to tell you quickly and briefly with no names. A friend of mine who I thought was a very good friend of mine. I'm going to get fucking blown out of the water for this. Yeah, she won't fucking listen to it anymore anyway. So I had a very good friend of mine. I was really close. She was... um. I got a message basically saying like, you know what? I just don't, I don't, I don't hold up to the standards anymore. And I, that's when I put out that blurb on my, I just started an Instagram. So that's why I only have what I have because I've never had a personal Instagram that I actually took seriously. And so I'm just, you know, I'm learning what it takes to grow all of this because my company has been going for five years. My podcast has only been going since last year. And the book is, so I'm really starting to get myself out there and I'm not making or having the time to make for all, everybody that wants something from me. And you know, as being a successful author and having the friends that you have, everybody wants something from you. Whether it's your time, whether it's your friendship, whether it's something you can do for them, whether it's something that they think you can do for them that you may not actually be able to do. That is a fucking struggle. That is a real life struggle. I know it sounds like a silver spoon fucking issue, but truthfully, when one of people, like one of the people in your life who you've had in your life that has been your ride or die says, you know, you just don't cut it for me anymore because you don't make time for me. That shit fucking sucks. But if you're not meant to be in my life, you won't be in my life. It's that saying you got something to say to me, you don't have my phone number, then you don't Then you don't fucking matter to me, and I've come up with that attitude finally because I've had enough. Eventually, the people that are supposed to be in my life, that are supposed to be in my circle, that are supposed to be my ride or dies or support what I'm doing, they will be there, and I will make time for them. It may not be every month, it may not be every week, it may not even be every six months, but I'll fucking be there when the time matters, and that's all that you know. That's all that it needs to be. You got a lot of important friends. You just you just do. You're in a situation that. Most could only dream of sitting, having a beer with any of those guys would have been mind blowing to you. Let alone writing scripts for, being a part of, getting wasted and high on Molly with, and then moving. <laughs> no, into only houses? I do
1: that. Let's not implicate that anybody is... else. In that. that's no. only me. That's the only, only, one only friend me.
0: groups that does Molly. Leave him yeah, alone. So I, it's I just him. I am the him. only
1: one. I am the only one that does any kind of illicit drugs. Uh, I heard a really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, thing was I think it was Ryan Mickler that said it was uh, a busy people get busy people right so um I had the same thing when I first started like set my sights on things I'm not going to say like they're just different you know I set my sights on stuff that was different and And that's okay um, and I lost some I lost some friends who I didn't need to lose but they chose to like because the thing is is some people think their life, and this is like ironic from you and me having podcasts and talking about ourselves and writing books. But some people think that they're okay. more like their life is more important than it is. So if someone's got kids, yeah, your kids might be your world. They're not my fucking world. I don't give a fuck about your kids. Sorry, I don't care.
0: <laughs> I um, care about fucking do, poppy in my but, books.
1: But yeah, but you don't need to care about my books. You don't need to care. Right. If you want to care, great. But it, it it doesn't stop me sleeping. If one of my friends, like some of my friends haven't read my books. I don't give a fuck. I'd like it if they right. buy them, <laughs> but, like, but, but no, but I love like, I say cool. to my friends, if I go to my friend's house, I'll take them a book because I want one on their shelf in their house. Cause that makes right. me feel cool. like, I love that, but they don't need yeah. to read it. I don't give a fuck. Like, That's right. cause I know, cause I know they've got kids. I know they've got a job. I know they haven't got 10 hours to sit down and read the book. Right. So, you know, what are people like, Oh, well, you never ask about our kids. It's cause I don't care. I just don't care Like, if you okay. want out now, now when we meet up like when I, so when I meet up with my old friends on or my old school friends on this Saturday and they're telling me about their kids I'm going to enjoy listening to it from them but I only need an right. update every three months I don't need. <laughs> I don't need regular you don't updates, need a on daily I don't,
0: updates
1: I just not gonna pretend that I can't like I, I I love that they love their kids but right. I'm not going to pretend that that's something that I get off on. Well, I mean, one should hope I that mean, someone doesn't get off on kids.
0: Uh, but, I, that, but, whole, that whole sentence.
1: <laughs> this is why you have a good. You need a good editor. Um, <laughs> but it's it's true though. It's like I I cared about my friends. I'm glad my friends have relationships with um, whatever they do. But I yeah. don't need to, to know about that. And right. you know, and some people get pissed off when they find out you don't, because they think that it undermines, like, they, like, when I, you know, I'm being flippant when I say I, I don't care, because I, I do care I for them. I am glad, But what I mean is, like, I'm, I genuinely, I'd be lying if I said I had a burning desire to know what your fucking kid's up to in school. I mean, I don't, don't, don't give a fuck. It
0: would be weird if you did though, honestly.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it you would think? be creepy, wouldn't it? Ooh, what's what? <laughs> what is
0: what's uh, can you tell me what your kids are up to at school this week
1: what, what do they wear for pe
0: oh. <laughs> oh he took it there oh gross 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 yeah, it's true i respect gross. it i understand what you're saying though it's not it's not that anybody thinks that they're more important or whatever but everybody has different goals in life everybody has a different aspirations in life and if you're cool like listen i have a son i have a husband i You know, I barely, I just recently started posting about him because I didn't want the world to, first off, know about him because he's mine. And not everybody needs to know what everything he's doing. He's super fucking cute and a dope ass dude. And I don't want him taken from me. That is my nightmare. That is my living fucking nightmare. You don't need to know what he's doing every day. Not everybody needs to know what he ate for lunch and that he learned to walk and that he can swim now. Like, You don't need to share that shit. Sometimes it's okay to have a private life. Period. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing. Doesn't mean you don't care.
1: Yeah. And I, I just think as well, it's like, you know, so like these guys I'm seeing on, on the weekend, they bring them up just because like they're, they're, they're a perfect example. Like I right. fucking love these guys to death. I would 100% put people through wood chippers through them and all that kind of stuff that, you know, Aww. people are in the army. Like I was just thinking the other day, I thought everyone, needs, and this is one of the things actually, that we're really lucky, we're really lucky to have is like, because most people that have been in the military and in combat, you know that you have someone in your life that you could literally phone and be like, dude, I killed someone. I need you to help me get rid of the body. They'd and be they'd like, be like how are we... Okay, cool. Where and are they, you? Probably, they probably love it. <laughs> but
0: Wait, how did I'm, it happen? I... Did you do it slow? Did he cry?
1: <laughs> but I, I assume, I assume, or I used to assume that everyone has that in their life. And I've met no. people- a lot of times, you know, I, I really enjoy being in a random person's kitchen at five o'clock in the morning, um, like bonding over a plate. And I, I really enjoy it. But because like you learn so much about people and i would be talking about this stuff and they'd be like, oh, I don't feel like I have anyone that I could phone right now and confide to. And you're like, whoa, that's fucking that's- nuts. But, but I think that's that's true for a lot of people. Um but yeah, but so get back to these the guys on the weekend, you know, because of lockdown, we would see each other more regular than this, if it was, yeah. but even if it wasn't a lockdown going on, it would be probably six to eight weeks at most. Right. But then when we're together, it's like, we haven't missed a beat. We have a great right. time. And the other thing is, like, if you see each other all the time, you, you've actually got nothing new to discuss. Like, what are you discussing? Like, it's just like, and as much as I love, I do enjoy bringing up some old stories. And I do, you know, love my conspiracy theories and stuff. I can't wait to get into a few of them on the weekend. Oh, we're going to get in. It's good to have a break between seeing people because then you have, you've both grown in your life. Like they've had something going on with their work or their kids, or maybe they've been on a vacation and something's changed in them. You get to find out Mm -hmm. about that. They get to find Mm -hmm. out about the new thing, you know, that you've been up to. This idea that you have to be in touch with someone all the time. To be honest, it's why that's um, why I don't really do relationships because I fucking mm-hmm. don't want to see someone every day. Do me in. I'm like, leave me alone. Like, then I'm you love- can't move in with Paul together. Yeah, but no, no, because Paul'll get it. Because Paul's <laughs> like me. No, Paul's like me. So yeah. we'd be like, we'll be like, right, oh, see you on the weekend, right? Sound. And we'll go off and do our own things. Right. Like, that, that's why. But, he, but Paul gets it, see. That's why me and him are the perfect couple. Um, Except
0: the shagging would be I feel like We
1: make it work. Look, he's got he's at the end of the day, he's got a fake it's arm, a fake leg. Yeah, he's got a fake it's arm, fake leg. Attachment. I don't see why he can't put a flashlight between his legs and just hold his legs together. Like we can make it work. So <laughs> Um, i got gonna text him that later. Actually, <laughs> that'll give him some ideas. And we can get one. We can get one at the front. We can get one going each do? way as well. Ah, oh, this, this is fucking brilliant. I don't know why I never thought of this before. Um, because
0: you haven't talked to me yet. Uh, yeah. Well,
1: clearly I needed to get. <laughs> it's all coming up now. Paul. Uh, oh. Shame he's in Australia at the moment and it's out of my clutches. I know. Um, I
0: told him. I said to him, I was like, I want to come do Shark Week with you, and he's like, pitch me an idea. I was like, two vets, one cage. And then he never said another
1: one. <laughs> <laughs> That's one It's So you're going to have to come up with a better one than that. I know. Uh, I'm like, I
0: should have brainstormed it. Oh, God damn it.
1: See what you, you. What, what what we need, kitchen, 5 a.m., plate, whiteboard, right. brainstorming. We'll we need to get it. Out. Um, but yeah, so to get back onto my very kind of like diversion point, mm-hmm. um, it's just a, this like this idea that you know we have to be in touch with people all the time is just is just false i mean think about like back in the day you know if you worked away from if you worked away from like let's say you had family in one part of america and you were like let's say you had family in chicago you're from chicago you moved down to um you moved down to florida for work right Right. are we going to only only see them once or twice a year yeah that And you're probably only going to send a few letters every now and again or a phone call every now and again, but you'd still always love each other and you'd still like value each other's time. But now it's like, oh, two days last week, I didn't hear from you. Clearly, you fucking hate me. It's like, what? Now I just got shit going on. Like, what? I I literally haven't even thought about you. Oh, so you don't even think about me. Like, and then it just spirals. No, no, I don't think, like, when 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 I'm like, One of the reasons I love writing and I do keep myself so busy is it can get fucking dark in here. And I like, and I actually, one of the reasons I work so hard is to keep my brain out of trouble. That's right. Cause you know, my brain, my brain, I'm a winky. They can lead me into a lot of trouble and I have done in the past.
0: I feel like it has with you.
1: Yeah, they have. So like I try and keep, I try and keep that this one as busy as I try and keep the upstairs brain as busy as possible. Um, and that means that I have to be focused on something. So like, right. you know, today, today we got, I'm really lucky here. We've got like a lot of garden and stuff. So today I've got some mafia podcasts on the go. Uh, nice. No, no offense, but I am researching Fine. a book involved. I'm researching a book involved in the mafia. So i got Get mafia it. podcasts on and I, and I zoned in for a few hours. It's like, rumph, nothing, n- n- nothing, um, nothing, except pushing a lawnmower and, Fucking mafia going on in my head it's a great combination
2: um, nice
1: but that means that that is time where that I wasn't thinking about you know anyf- anything else but that's what I need in my life I know what works mm-hmm. for me if I right. can sit if, if I'm sitting down doing nothing but ruminating and I have the time to be worrying about what's such and such up to and stuff I know that's a fucking dark slope for me and that that's not yeah. somewhere where I want to be
0: do you find do you find that with um like when was your last deployment? What year was your last deployment?
1: So I came back in. I was out there the same time as you. But the sound of it, I came back in to. Uh, I went out in July 09 and came back in February '10.
0: Oh shit! So you literally missed me by a month.
1: Well, you left just before, did you?
0: No, no. I um I got fucked up in June. Uh, we had uh, an operation. I was I was so I was borrowed by the British. I got pulled i was at uh ramrod bob ramrod you remember do you know that one
1: ramrod LOL. yeah yeah
0: lol right so i my artillery uh unit was was uh, borrowed to go out to ramrod so we had two guns out there triple sevens out there and then i got a call uh to the tent and it was my uh my sergeant was like hey i mean i could do his acting stupid he was like hey uh, burns uh you need to come <laughs> with me i need to talk uh, to you is he, you're going is he from transylvania Nah, this is how the Quebec talk, don't you know?
1: Uh, (laughs) I thought thought you you you're doing that, the Count from Sesame Street.
0: No, that's literally Quebec. Quebec. Okay. Yeah. So he didn't speak a lot of English, so it was, like, really interesting to watch that dynamic happen. And when he would get mad at me, he would have another guy that spoke really good English and French, he would berate my ass in French, and then the guy in English would translate it so i got doubled and i couldn't help but laugh but anyway so i got a call and they said you know the um the uh the scottish guys are going out on an op um in the Panjwa district and they need a female searcher to go with them and they don't have any and so we've we've volunteered you
1: yay
0: so you're gonna go this was we got i got this call on june 7th i think this it was pampas quote uh yeah it was uh, uh yeah all is that what you guys call it
1: yeah but it was Pan- panther's claw right that's so i don't
0: know i didn't get told anything
1: oh well there you go i just, I just told you something yeah bro i got told
0: well i'll send you my book because i literally like i'm pretty sure i fucked a ton of stuff up because like i didn't get briefed on anything i got briefed on you're going you're the only canadian going you're the only female going you are in charge of yourself Dope. i was like oh <laughs> oh i am Oh, I don't have anybody yelling at me right now. Fuck yeah, let's do this. So the Chinook came and picked me up, tried to pick me up once, was getting taken rounds. So then the next day they're like, if it doesn't come today, like you're not going, they'll send somebody else. So it showed up, I went out um, five foot, 100 pounds and they're like, you're gonna go with these guys for a week and uh, peace. And I was like, okay, so I get, to, I get to Kandahar, I offload. They send me the RCMP, which is like our military police but like the civilian sector. And they're like, so I walk in and they're like, uh, I, you know, salut Burns, blah, blah, French, blah, 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 bullshit. And they're like, here is some gloves for you to search uh, the Afghan women and kids. And uh, you, do we need to teach you a technique to search? And I was like, uh, no, I'm also not an idiot. I've been <laughs> deployed. I'm in the war zone. I just came from outside the wire. You've been in Kandahar. I think I can do a fucking duck search up against, like, I think I got this. And they're like, okay, so they, this is what they equipped me with ready. They were going to send me out with five megs two grenades and a C seven with, uh, yeah, five megs plus 30 rounds and that. And then they were going to send me with, um, a small pack with uh, some rations and some water. And they're like, you're gonna go outside the wire. We're not expecting anything crazy to happen. And a pair of gloves and some zip ties. I was like, okay. My Sergeant goes, there's no fucking way you were going outside the wire with five mags for a week. Are you drunk? Like, are they stupid? He offloads all him, like every mag he had. He's like, fucking just take everything. And sure as shit, did we ever need it?
1: Mm. Punchy summer.
0: Oh, bro, we got, we had a, there was a, a gentleman that uh, was June 11th, right around 11 a.m. in the Panjwa district, we lost, the first guy we lost was uh, Robert McLaren, uh, he was just a young kid, he was like 20 years old, PTE, uh, Rob, uh, Rob R-A-B, I think is how you guys say it, McLaren, And then, um, that's as soon as like that night we landed, we just landed in a hot LZ. And after that, it was like, they're like, we don't know what happened. We weren't expecting this. There wasn't supposed to be any women and kids. We thought you were just going to chill with the bomb dog. We didn't think anything. I was getting pulled from Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, and I was getting walked between every single unit because they had no other one else out there with them. Like we can't touch these women or kids. We can't fucking put them in a room. We can't do anything with them. Next thing you know, I'm getting like chased out with fucking scissors coming at me, like these long sheer material scissors and just fucking smoking bitches in the face. Like it's, it's not something I was ready for. <laughs> and I wasn't ready for the firefights. I wasn't ready for the mortar rounds. I wasn't ready for carrying my buddy's body pieces in my pockets and just being told to crack on. Like that's not, I'm an artillery gunner. I drop the shit on you. I don't do this. And so afterwards they kind of, I remember the moment. The you guys I say you guys because you're a Brit but you guys were so you guys were so fucking good to me like the respect and the serious level that you treated me at and like you know when everything went down they just kind of tapped me on the shoulder and like I can't even do your their accent because it's so thick they're just like you all right you're all right Burns we're gonna crack on in about five minutes and I was like I don't know what my life is. Okay, let's go. Like, I'm getting to the center. <laughs> go, let's go fuck some motherfuckers out. Like, I now got a taste of watching one of my friends have a conversation with me and be gone like that. It's like, now I've got the mindset of like, I'm going to kill every motherfucker that looks like, walks like, smells like, talks like just to make up for what I just witnessed. Like, it just, when I say it broke me, I end up getting, coming back to Cantar being plied with copious amount of drugs, almost straight up shot a child in the face by accident because I was seeing things that weren't there on the OP tower and was medically sent home to the hospital. And then about uh, two years later, I was medically discharged from the military because of what when I, when I went through with the Brits. And so I finished that off with them and then it got sent back out to, oh no, they sent me on the HLTA to Dominican Republic.
1: What's What's HLTA?
0: You're, you know that break you get where you can—I don't know if you guys get it. It's like you get like a two or three-week break in between they you two. You went Dominican
1: Republic for that? Oh my god, that—that's a well.
0: You know what <laughs> no, 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 no. They picked, <laughs> You got to pick, and you got to pay, and you got to take your next Whoa. to kin. So, oh, like, my mom. What? Yeah, my mom met me there. So, my mom met me there. What I thing? get there. Oh yeah, nineteen years old, just fucking ready to kill anybody that looks at me the wrong way. Plying myself with alcohol fly through God knows what, come back to Afghanistan and they're like you're going back out to the guns, they, dude the drugs, I had like a fucking cabinet, like would have taken you down
1: Hmm. Hey, I don't like sleepers, what I love about the military is they're like oh yeah, take all these drugs and then you like go back and then you're like oh you know what I want to like make myself feel better I'm going to go to a music festival and take some molly, oh you pissed hard on a test, out of the military, like you just be giving me you just been giving me like oh, opioids for years.
0: Yeah, addicting o- opioids although, and expecting nothing yeah. to fucking bad happen.
1: Yeah, and I, and I'll, actually, I should just say, stay for the record. While I was in the military, I didn't ever take any drugs while I was in the military or anything That's like impressive.
0: that. That's impressive. Uh, That's truly impressive,
1: honestly. Yeah, yeah I never like did. I the never shit. did. Um, yeah, so I never, I never did. So when people, because when I, when I like, I always stick up for for people who have. um you know what? I fucking hate people. I just want to punch people in the face most of the time, because like all the time when I say when I talk about drugs, I'll be like, you know, Pete. Right? Just because you fail a drug test doesn't mean you should be kicked out of the military. And they'll be like, oh, so you think people should just be able to do drugs every weekend? Do you? No, you fucking no. dick. But there's a, clearly a difference between Iraq in two thousand six, Afghanistan two thousand nine. And then he d- fails a drug test. Then in two thousand eleven, there might that maybe is connected to those free tours. I don't know correlation. Yeah, maybe? Yeah, there could be something in there, and it's like no, nope, he's out. One of my friends got like shot through the neck. He got a mention in dispatches and everything. He's a great lad. Went through loads. Failed a drug test for Anavar, which is like the most mild steroid. And They just kicked him out.
0: Like, steroid? They they yeah. dropped him for a steroid.
1: Yeah, meanwhile, you can be Tony Blair and invade the country under the wrong pretenses and you just become a millionaire. That's fine. But if... Hang on. No, let it out. No, let let it out. I fucking hate it. Because it's it's just like... The army, you know, I'm sure it's exactly the same in yours. If you don't want to drink when you're in the army, they will fucking make you drink. And I'm not talking about the junior soldiers. I'm talking about the hierarchy. It's like, oh, you think you're too good to come to a mass dude? Because I I never once went to a mass dude. I, I'm that I'm that, I'm that cunt who never paid his mess bills because <laughs> I, I was I'm like because I, I was a room lawyer. I'm like it's a fucking it's a club. It's not a mess. You can't make me pay it, and right. I'm not going to I'm not going to the dues. And I would get extra guard duties and everything. I'd be like fuck you. I'll take him because um, I, I did. I just when I was in the military, I was actually extremely professional, and I yeah. really cared. I really cared about my fitness. I didn't like drinking. Um, and I didn't like, and I d- I had no intention of ever doing drugs, and I didn't do drugs at all in the military. I didn't do drugs until right. I was in, in my late twenties, um, and boy, did I make up for it! But... Oh boy, did we
0: hit it hard when we did! <laughs> but
1: but, but um, I didn't do it then, and I'm like I'm like I didn't want to be drinking as a soldier because I thought this right. is imp- impacting my my performance, and I want to be the best soldier. No, right. you've got to drink, and then they will go and kick lads out, and and I, I think as well, it's like we like you look at culture now like when i go to the well before they closed everything for covid like but last time i when i went my my hometown where i am now in wales coke and stuff like that didn't used to be something that was around like there was always pills and things but very few people most people just drank and smoked and that was it
2: mm-hmm. now
1: the culture in society now is um if you go into most excuse me most sure. bars. You're disgusting. I am, and now, now I'm about to make a very learned point. So you go, into a, <laughs> you, go into a, you go into a bathroom in most bars and there'll be lads in there sniffing their keys, doing Ket or doing Coke. Um, and, and it's a very normal part of life for most young men. Now, yeah. even if they're not doing it, it's around them. So it's absolutely fucking bananas to think that the young, like, let's, let's look at, who is the kind of guy who's going to join the infantry? He's not going to be Mr. Sensible because there's nothing sensible about joining a career where your job is to stab someone in the face with a bayonet. So you're recruiting guys who are naturally reckless. You're recruiting guys who are naturally looking for thrills. Obviously, they're going to take drugs at some point because it's all around them. Now, like they might most times be able to be a saint and say no, but let's say one day they're drunk and they make a bad decision. That shouldn't be the end of their fucking career. That's ridiculous. Well, they invest a
0: lot of money in you.
1: Exactly. So there's that aspect of it. But also, you're basically, you're expecting someone to not be human. Like, in the days where you really had to go and seek out drugs, it was understandable to kick people out for it because you really had to go out your fucking way to find it. Mm -hmm. But now, Mm -hmm. these lads, if these lads are just drunk and walk into a bathroom in a club, it's everywhere guaranteed they're made to doing it it's a part of society now but the army's rules haven't worked with it and i'm not saying it should be legal but at the same time i mean i am in favor of decriminalizing drugs i think the war I on drugs is just the war on poor people um basically if you like how many rich people are getting locked up for 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 drugs none hsbc court laundering Billions of cartel money. Not one person went to prison. I have friends who got caught with a few grams of Coke who went to prison. It's over. It's a war on poor people. It's fucking bollocks. I want to stab someone in the fucking face with a pen. Oh, Don't I stab pieces
0: with pens. Use knives, not pens. It's not effective. Oh, this is Who's this? This is Lolo. Lolo.
1: So um I had two cats. We had Coco and Lolo, named after that song OT Genesis. I'm in love with the Coco. Uh, uh, got it for the Lolo. And this is one of them.
2: Look at her.
1: Mm. She's beautiful. Aww. She, she okay, beautiful. So this, cat, so this cat, whenever I'm feeling, if I'm, if I'm feeling down, hmm. she will come and sleep on my bed. She and knows. When I'm not, and when I'm not feeling down, she doesn't. So Well,
0: it's because she knows, yeah, you don't need me right now. I'm here for you. Like that animals have a, they have a sense and, and people say that. I mean, some dogs, they sniff out cancer. Like there is, there's something to animals that we can't quite understand, but it doesn't mean that they don't know. Like they're incredibly intelligent animals. They know. Oh, they were 100% know.
1: But you can't stay off the road. Can you?
0: No, oh, you can't it. because they're defiant and they're cats. So they just look yeah. at you and go, fuck you.
1: Yeah. No, I, I love this. I love it to bits. Her sister, Coco, um, she, she got ran over last year. And it really fucking, oh. like, really upset me because when I had, like, when my PTSD was really bad, Coco would, you know, come and lie on my chest and I'd be like,
2: <laughs> give, her
1: hug of, yeah. give her the hug of death, snotty tears and everything. And when she died, I was like, fuck. You know.
0: Did you ever like, think that maybe she took okay, this is, I'm gonna get real spiritual with you. Do you ever think that maybe when she passed, that part of you needed to go as well? She was there no, for you, what you needed.
1: No, I don't I don't. so fuck. Oh I, I have like this I have I over the last year or two I've been my ideas about consciousness and what is consciousness have changed a lot. Mm-hmm. So I you cause I used to be this thing of like, oh well an animal is an animal and you can't have the same relationship with them as a human. And you can't have the same relationship with a human. And, and one of the big things is the reason you can't have the same relationship is because an animal, uh, uh, the difference is because you can, I think you can say you can have love with an animal. You can have love and a bond mm-hmm. and you can have fun. Difference with an animal and a human is trust. So right. and with a human being to be vulnerable with a human being, you have to trust that they're not to betray you basically. Yeah. So, you know, if you've got a kid, if you've got a partner, if you've got a friend, you are at risk constantly of being betrayed by that person. Now, hopefully it doesn't happen with a good friend, but like, that's something you with a, with a pet, you know, a pet will break your heart when they pass away or whatever. But they will never betray you and they will never, you know, so you'll never have that broken trust. So it's a different kind of relationship with you 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 get with them. Um, but I think that that doesn't make it any less because some people will think because you can't have a conversation with something that you can't get to the same level of connection. And I just don't think that's true because the, the fact with is... Yeah, I have I have a real deep connection I feel with with because I don't even like to call them pets, but the fact is they're not humans. But I would be more cut up about these animals dying than I am most people. To be quite honest,
0: no, it's it's, Um, you're not wrong on that.
1: Yeah, Um, but it's a it's it's a different kind of like they don't understand the fucking word that I say, but they can understand the way that like they pick up on your vibe basically. Well, they, and I feel, they feel
0: your vibration, right? Yeah. So when your vibration gets to like, where it's this really strenuous, they're like, I don't know what that is, but I do know that there's yeah. something off about you. Yeah. And they, they pick that up.
1: But I feel that they can also equally feel love from you. Like when you are giving, when, when you are like, when they know that they are loved and, and, and I, I feel like, you know, we, as people, you know, we prioritize like these, um, You know, one of the things that's like I know I always disagree with people say stuff like because I'm, I'm I've always been big into electronic music, dance music, and Mm -hmm. I'm someone like I can meet someone. And I can meet someone on a dance floor and have a night with that person. And I will appreciate that night forever. I don't need to keep in touch with that person or anything. Right. Some people I've noticed actually kind of feel really embarrassed about that. after they're like, oh my God, I was all open and vulnerable with this stranger. And, you know, and it was just, oh God, oh, cringe. And I love that. I love that stuff. Like, so I'm, I'm this kind of like, I believe, you know, I'm, I'm really kind of the more I think about it and the more I see, and I'm not pretending to understand it for one minute. You know, this is like my fucking chimpanzee trying to ma- like make the most sense I can of as possible. I
0: think you're making but a lot of this. sense though, hun. I really yeah. do.
1: Well, to you, to you, well, to me, but you might just agree what I say. Like a lot of people. Listening no, I don't. I won't perfect agree.
0: Perfect no, no perfect. I won't fucking agree with you if I don't think yeah. it's, if it okay. makes sense.
1: But, but I just think that I think that there's like a collective consciousness. That, um, and, and I, I think that you have to be the same as anything you have to like with ideas, you have to be open to ideas and with, collective consciousness you know cats have always been cats it's just that until a year or two ago like with with poppy basically i'd never been open to the fact that i could connect on a really? on a level like, yeah i just had to be like so i, I i've always been like fucking this like i'm like i don't really like let many people in at all i mean you know like i you know it's I haven't had the worst life, but you know, I've lost a lot, quite a few friends and stuff like that. And I've always kind of just been, and then like had bad relationships. And so like, when I let, let's say that this was the book with me when I started and then gradually over, over the years, I've been like, right, no, nope, we're going to keep closing. And then it's like yeah. the gates, the gates are shut. Yeah. Um, and then they, the gates shut stayed shut for a while, but then mm. with, with Poppy. So the story with Poppy is basically I was supposed to go on a date and then because I was Mister Closed Off, I was like, well, I was like, what am I going doing going on a date? I'm not going to follow this through." Like, like, and, and I don't like to waste people's time, so I wasn't going to be someone that's be like, "Oh yeah, we'll go for a date or whatever." And then I was like, "Well, I'm not going to waste this person's time, so just cancel." And uh, but I am a fat ass, and the best thing about dating <laughs> is eating, right? So I was like, "Well, I've right. kind of like committed myself to the fact that I want some food now, so I'm just going to go out and buy some pizzas." So I went out and bought some pizzas, and it was snowing and I was driving pa- back and I saw something in the middle of the road and like they're all small country lanes around here. And I thought it was a hedgehog. So I thought I'll stop and move it out of the road. Um, and that's kind of like something weird about me as well. It's like, I'll watch videos about like ISIS people getting killed and stuff all day. and I'm like, ha 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 ha. And I'm like, oh no, hedgehog. So yeah. I got out to move the hedgehog and it wasn't a hedgehog. It was a little kitten and it was in the road on its own. And it was, it tried to get away through the hedge but I was like, oh shit. I better grab it and then decide what to do. So I grabbed it and it was snowing, it was freezing. And I thought, oh, you're gonna have to come with me. So I put it in the car. Mine and, now. <laughs> yeah. I put it in the car and and took it home. And then that's Poppy. And like I had I've had cats before in the house and stuff, but never one that like kind of like my baby, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, and, I do. Uh, but uh, but it's just the intersection of where i was mentally because i had some experience with dmt and mbma yep. and care. oh you did eh? yeah I've had for, for,
0: well yeah for partying but like for treatment state standpoints no, on like well, your ptsd it, have you done anything
1: i treat myself and i generally believe i have i like look i've pied with it as well it's been fucking great but i've also used I, i've used like um i've used those things myself when i've like I had one recently. I did some cat recently, and went yep. to talk. To, I went to talk to the to the mother of uh, a guy that I killed, and went to talk to his mother in Afghanistan. I was kind of how
0: was that?
1: Pretty fucking deep. Was was it? Pretty, yeah. It was kind of crazy. Um, Tell me about it. I, it's it's hard to put, and this is one of the reasons I don't talk about this stuff too much. It's just because. I I do feel that there's some things that you can't feelings and feelings and experiences. And and I'm speaking as an author, some things just can't be put into words. And it was just one of those things where you just, um, I kind of went into it. Like I, 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 I'm sure you probably have the same thing. I think most authors do. Um, I'm very, when I dream, I have a lot of control over my dreams. Mm -hmm. So one of the reasons I digress a bit now, um, one of the reasons a lot of people freak out when they do drugs like MDMA or psil- psilocybin or anything like that. And it's because they've never taken control of their mind when they're sober. So, mm-hmm. when they're, so they're like, someone that's, so like, let's say someone has never tried meditation, someone has never tried journaling or anything, all of a sudden does a big bumper care. And then they're like, oh my God. Well, like, yeah, no, no wonder you can't, you haven't got any, any control. This. You can't handle your own thoughts on a day-to-day basis you can't even That's control right. your breath so no shit <laughs> all my all my friends i know who practice stuff like meditation or yeah. practice stuff like lucid dreaming and all this kind of thing because mm-hmm. like for me for me if i do if i've never had a bad experience okay ever um every experience i've had i've come out the other side feeling like a better human being and it's like and uh, I, I it's, a I, in a way, Kieran,
0: it's a mindset you so, know, Garen. it's a mindset going into yeah. something like that you have to be able to handle yeah. your own mind before you you let go yeah. and give it over to the the bigger thing
1: yeah and i so i had i had like the, the stuff when i did the afghan village thing i had that that stuff had been sitting in my bedroom for four months i just didn't want to, it just wasn't the right time and then one weekend right. i was like i feel like it's the right time and I kind of set the intention, what are we trying right. to get out? Well, and I didn't know exactly where it was going to go, but I set the intention and everything like that. And it was just like, and it was just, it was, it, it seems like a really kind of like flippant way to say it, but it was almost like a, the feeling I came away with was like, hey guys, no hard feelings. I know you're trying to kill us. I was trying to kill you. You know, we're just all doing the best we can. I had a great conversation once with Kyle who author of Matterhorn. And he was telling me about, he just had a chance meeting with someone once in a, in a bar whose that person was Joseph Campbell who wrote the hero's journey. Yeah. And he's the guy that knows all about mythology from around the world. And cause Carl was really struggling because Carl, Carl had killed someone in Vietnam and he'd been looking at the, like the guy had popped up over the top and he was looking dead in his eyes as he killed it. He
0: watched the light go out.
1: Yeah. Um, and Carl had always felt bad about that and, joseph campbell said to him he was like well, what we what why did you go what were your intentions when you went there and mm-hmm. he was like well i thought i was doing a good thing and he's like well there you go and he said he's li- he literally absolved like he did the absolute absolution thing and that's what i thought about mine you know i thought all right yeah i did you know i did kill someone but i did it with a with good intentions <laughs> it sounds ridiculous but it's true no
0: it's not but i want to ask you though and I'm, i'll try not to pry too much because i know i can see it's touchy when you say you went and spoke to her mother in Afghanistan, his mother oh, yeah, in like, Afghanistan.
1: Yeah, in, in my like, in my head. Like, not Okay,
0: because I was no, like- I didn't get, I didn't get so on did a flight. just like straight fucking go back? No, but- No, like, no, That
1: would
0: be, could, be the great
1: documentary though.
0: Right? Shit, I know. There's some trust- we'll
1: Okay, talk how after. about this? How about this? How about this? Okay. You and me go back yeah. to Afghanistan- I want to. In a shack tank. Done. And then we can just pitch it to Shaq. I'm uh, there.
0: Will that be enough, Paul? Will that
1: be enough? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Will that
0: it? Um, I'll go in the tank with you. Now you've got <laughs> two of us. Is three uh, in a cage enough? Is three, three enough Paul, all to uh, get it done?
1: And an Afghan villager. Uh, no, so I went, no, I went, I, but I went there, like, spi- uh, spiritually.
0: Yeah, so I that's were, why I'm asking. Because yeah. my listeners, some at least I know a subset of them, like dabble in psilocybin and ayahuasca and those things because there's a healing property in them. And I think if you go into things with a mindset, then you go in with a proper way to handle it. You go in with a intention. When people go and use those drugs or those, I call them medicines. When people use those medicines Mm. for things that are unintended with no intention, with no reason for it, you're going to fuck your brain.
1: So check this out. I obviously don't have one of these, but let's say I had a DMT vape Um, and let's say that I took it one night just because I was bored and I was like, I'm going to do some, but the medicine, the medicine said to me, the medicine was like, bro, that's not what we do with this. Don't worry about it. It's chill. You don't need to be like, I'm not mad at you. Like this is literally almost how it went. It was like, I'm not mad at you, but just like when you, when you use this, come in. And I was like, oh, okay. That's literally what happened. I know. But I, I, did a little, I did a little bit the other day, just like a little bit. And then mm-hmm. I slept for like 14 hours. And then I went into some like really deep sleep. And and it, I mean, my thing with everything, politics, consciousness, whatever, is all I know is I don't have the answers. Like, right. and neither does anyone else. That's that's exactly. the only thing I'm certain of. But I do have, um, I have like some recurring, like recurring I'm not going to say dreams exactly because it's not always exactly the same thing that happens, but there's recurring things that happen in those dreams.
0: Themes, recurring themes.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. And like, there's so quite often, I have a certain dream where at the end of my dream, um, it's quite often there's usually some kind of war going on. And Mm -hmm. then it's like, there's this, there's this, this woman who I think is like, I think if there's such a thing as a soulmate, then it's this woman. And Mm -hmm. we, get together at the end, but then we can't because of the war. And then okay. I always wait, when I wake up, so I've been through relationships where I've you know broken up. So I know what, I know what it feels like to, to break up a relationship. When I wake up from these dreams and they happen about every three months, I feel as if I've just broken up from a relationship. And my, even though I know it was a dream, my body for the next six, seven days, feels stupid. like I'm going through a relationship and I I'm, and that really threw me at first like when this started happening now I know what and now I know how to handle it now I literally I know there's absolutely no point in me trying to get any work done it's not going to happen yeah. so if when they, when this happens now I spend a lot of time outdoors I spend a lot of time exercising I spend a lot of time reading and I just Feeling. accept the fact but it's nuts because I basically go through Every few months I go through a breakup with someone from Earth's dream. But in the dream, like I'll have some dreams. Like last night's dreams I would say were quite shallow. Mm-hmm. But I come out of dreams sometimes. And it to be honest, like if I if I have had it... because I I rarely like we're talking before we were out on there, I rarely, you know, drink and stuff. And to be honest now, I don't even like drinking. I just like doing Marley and stuff. But like if I <laughs> like after that weekend, because I don't like as much as I think everything should be decriminalized, I also believe in responsibility. I don't think people should be doing, you know, in an ideal world, I'd love to go off my fucking face every night, but I'm not gonna do what? that. that's not, not reality. It be, no, it should be every, like, it should be like every four to six weeks, yeah. like, I, I think. But, um, but after those weekends, so I, when I came back from the States last time, this is no, no shit. I slept for, I got up a couple of times to piss. I slept mm-hmm. for basically 36 hours straight. Because i had been like I I had been like hitting partying hard like before yeah. I got back, um, but also just like traveling because so I flew back from America during the COVID stuff. It was just exhausting, uh. but I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep, so I was exhausted. And when I came out of that sleep, there was dreams in there where I felt like I'd lived a lifetime in a dream.
0: Have you ever done ayahuasca?
1: I've only done DMT vapes.
0: Okay, so what if is a whole other thing, but ayahuasca, like uh, psilocybin and cannabis are like the, I'm learning about this. I've only had one. I've only got to sit with her once in ceremony. So I'm very fortunate to experience it. But like what I've heard and been told the psilocybin and cannabis, those medicines are like what you call the kids, right? you fuck around with them a little, but you dabble a little on the other side. You can play, you party with them. You do that. And then there's the top and there's mama Aya. And she fucks your shit up. She fucks your shit up in a way that I can't even tell you. But one thing she does show you is that there's different planes and there's different levels. And I've heard things about what you're saying. I've, I've spoken with people who have had similar experiences with it. Like, I've had a dream that feels like I lived an entirely different life. I had entirely different relationships. And I've woken up and I feel like I'm in a different body. It's there are different energies, there are different planes, there are different levels, and there are different vibrations, and our eyes can only see what our visual uh, vibration allows us to see, which is a certain frequency, but that doesn't mean that there are things aren't, things aren't happening on different frequencies.
1: Oh, okay, so check it out. When I do the, the so I've done, like, um, when I've tried, tried to, you know, I've, sometimes I've, I've done, like, a little bit of DMTV, put a bit of K or whatever, because I'm quite comfortable doing this stuff on my own now and again to, because I want to explore my mind. Like, why do I want right. to be around other people? I'm not trying to party. And here's the thing. And, and that's, again, it's the intention. If you go to a club and you do a right. bit of K, you're going to have a great time on the fucking dance floor. You're not going to have a spiritual thing. But, right. But, and, and, and you could make the argument and say that what I am seeing is just a trick of my mind because you know, I'm altering something. Maybe that's the case.
0: I disagree. But
1: I feel that I can see the different lights in the room folding and moving and interacting. And that's not happened just once. That's happened multiple times. And that's like, how is that? Like, so if I'm seeing that and that feels yeah. real to me, how yeah. is that any different to me seeing this hat? It's not. And, and I'm like, so and the other thing was like I had how one of the ones on K once and it was just it was so it was such a, a profound experience. So I was in I was in Ibiza and I was there. I'd had a really I, I'd gone through a really bad breakup, and I was just mm-hmm. not ready to leave there because I didn't want to leave the place under under a cloud,
0: a negative and, per, like pretenses. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I met this so this this drug dealer came around, and it was really so this drug dealer just came by. And I felt a vibe from him. And I was like, mate, is everything okay? And he was like, you know, he was a Bulgarian, you know, Bulgarian guy. And I was just like, I was like, mate, just sit down and just ask, don't, you know, don't have a beer to rush. Sit down and have a beer. And I could see he was taken aback because, you know, these guys are just used to people just coming in. Like and hard
0: and, and yeah. yeah.
1: And we, we sat down and we started having a chat. And then, and then he goes, I just walked in on my girlfriend and one of my friends. And I was like, whoa you could and feel we,
0: that though you could yeah, feel and, and energy we started change. and
1: we started talking and like me and him just kind of became kind of like matey and stuff and we actually had some really good conversations but towards the end of the week what happened was i, I went i i was just like i was kind of because i think what it, the reason this stuff helps me is because and this is why i don't do weed because people ask me why do i not smoke weed I mm-hmm. think I think what my head is like normally is what people are like on weed. Got so it. So okay. you, you know, people like, oh, I get all these ideas and all. That's me, like all You're the time. Already
0: there. Like,
1: yeah. So whenever I'm like, I, I don't need this. This is just this. That, that's that's what my, like right. that's what I I am constantly getting. Uh, like someone could just tell me one thing and I'm just getting like story is just unraveling and ideas are unraveling. And it's, to be honest, it's fucking too much. Like exactly. a, a lot of the, it's a lot of the time, yeah. But, um, so with this thing with the, K, with, with the K was, it allowed me to almost look like, you know, that's the way that somebody lies on a therapist's chair or, yes. you know, like, and then I, it was, uh, allowed me to be like sitting in the seat talking to myself as though I was the therapist and the patient. And I could be yeah. like, bro, why do you keep doing yourself with this girl? Like, right. why, why are you, why are you doing this to yourself? And I'm right. like, are you happy? No, I'm not happy. Well, do you want to be happy? Well, yeah, I do want to be happy. Do you feel you deserve to be? And I was able to have that conversation as like patient and doctor with yeah. myself. I didn't need that other person in, but I needed that little bit of chemical help in order to make that, that break. And then what happened in the end was I went to the bathroom at one point and I was looking at myself in the mirror. In the mirror? I, I it, But I do believe in looking in the mirror, but here's the this. So I because me and me and what, what I couldn't get over of the more I was talking to this Bulgarian guy, because throughout the week we hung out a few times. I couldn't get over how similar me and him were from different places in the world, just how similar we thought, similar our experiences were.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
1: actually started to hear my inner monologue voice changed to his voice and i went to the bathroom and i looked at myself in the mirror and then slowly my face changed into his face and i was looking at him and hearing him and i was like damn we're not separate people there we are we we're because and and there was other mad there was other mental stuff that happened on um uh, on, on that trip like um I was about to call him but i beef is a big place I was about yeah. to call him and uh, I'm literally walk out on the balcony to call him and his car pulls up underneath shut up he really there to see somebody and he's underneath the same balcony and I'm like because he and he picks up the phone and we're like what and he was like oh dude I really wanted to speak to you and I'm like well what? and there's yeah you might explain that away as coincidence but that no, week, I don't
0: though. Yeah, well, I that, well,
1: that I, I know you don't, but some people do. But that week to me, just uh, that made me think, and I and, I, and now I'm, I'm certain of it because I remember hearing as a kid stories about mothers who said that they knew the instant their son had been killed on the Western Front in the First World, they knew, like they literally fell over in the kitchen, like, oh my God, mm-hmm. something's happened to him,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you know i've 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 just seen like at the end of the day i'm going to believe what i've seen and what i felt and right. what i've seen and what i felt is enough to convince me that we are all connected by threads i just we it are would be, it would it would take proof for me to see that that's not the case at right the you'd have to prove right. to me that's not the case exactly because, because i'm like i've just i've seen it too many times now
0: right Yeah. You know, the feeling, and that's, that's why I ask you, because you know, that K is used for, um, that K is used now as a treatment for depression, right? You're aware of that, right? And it's used for PTSD. And so is uh, psilocybin. And so are all of these incredible, incredible medicines that are deemed illegal. And they're deemed illegal due to one stupid error made in the United States judgment. And people feel this, some type of way, this stigma, this this idea that if they were to do K or they were able to do Molly, they were able to do Aya, they're able to do any of these, that if anybody found out that they did, they'd be looked at like this drug addict. And it's so beyond wrong. If you were able to tap in to, if you can tap in just for a moment, a moment in time in your life to what that other side can show you, you, that's what happened to you. You tapped in for that second. You got to see a peek in the doorway that we're not supposed to see. And that's what happened to you. And then your whole brain just fucking exploded. It was like, oh my God, it's yeah. true. We're connected. I mean,
1: there's a reason that, like, when you go to Ibiza and, and, and music festivals and stuff, people are so happy. And it's right. because, because I always say to people, it's like, when, because people are like, oh, well, you know, you, oh, well, you take a pill and it just makes you feel differently for a while. No, no. What no. that pill is like, what that pill is doing, is showing you what life should be like. That's it's right. pulling, away, it's pulling away all your inhibitions. It's right. allowing you to love yourself. It's allowing you to love other human beings. Take that go is, away, exactly. Like, and because I I really I, I really believe that because um, I I can't even remember the last time I did MDMA. It's over a year ago, but I can tap into that feeling now. So you I do it know for meditation. No, I just can just think it. Like you can I, know, it in. I now. Now, don't get me wrong. I can't like put myself on the roller coaster and be like, Wee. yeah. But <laughs> but what I can what I, what I can always remember now for the rest of my life is, oh, I remember that moment when everything peeled away, and I remember that everyone else in the club, they weren't being aggressive towards me. They didn't think that they were better than me. No. They got problems. They're human beings. I've got problems. We all just fucking love each other. Yeah. And that's why I love dance music because when you're someone like a beefer and you've got that, that, that primal, like, it's like a heartbeat, the boom, 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 boom. You've got 5,000 people in a room together. It and everyone's just everyone. in Yeah. And everyone's going to, and I'm like, this is the natural state. Right. I mean, go around, like go to any tribe around the world. They're doing the same thing. We've got away from that. What we've got, it's not that we're that you're then being abnormal. Like, why is it that so many people all over the world flock to clubs? Why is it so many people listen to that kind of music? Why is it so many people? Why is it so many people? Like if what we have is working for us, why do people want care? Why do people want NDMA? You know, and, 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 and I, you know, I, I don't begrudge anybody having a drink. I enjoy a drink myself, but
0: yeah. Don't begrudge people.
1: Yeah. But the thing is with drinking is, drinking will lower your inhibitions and it can make you have a great time and meet new friends and stuff. But I've not met anyone that says that they've had a spiritual breakthrough in their life because- Oh no.
0: It lowers your vibration. It lowers your energy field. It lowers whatever the fuck you want to call it. It lowers your vibe, period. It does. It takes it down and it doesn't allow you to, it clouds your brain. And when it clouds your brain, you can't think and make those connect points. And what I love about, I've never done MDMA. Uh, i've only ever done aya psilocybin and cannabis and cannabis helped me get off of 10 different pharmaceutical drugs the government put me on so that's what really saved me before it was you mean you mean cannabis. good
1: drugs those those were okay drugs
0: oh you mean the good drugs that's made with like some pharmaceutical bullshit yeah. that literally made yeah. me want to kill myself every moment of the goddamn those, day those those words? are good the
1: good ones yeah those are the good ones good ones yeah
0: yeah, so cannabis helped me get off the good ones and onto the yeah. bad ones. Oh, okay, and excellent. When, exactly. And when I, I experienced um, <clears throat> microdosing of psilocybin for my, my depression, it was just getting so out of hand and so dangerous that I got to my point where I said, I will do anything to make this stop. And what it allowed me to do was look outside myself and then see what my surroundings were and then look so far inward and go, okay, this is what we need to do to get this right. Because at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, alcohol, all it does is just cloud. It just gives you this cloud and this weight. And it's fine to have a drink once in a while. It's fine to do this. I don't, no, no issue with that at all. I have wine at night with my steak. I am for it. I love it. What I'm not for is drinking to numb the pain like our legions do, like in Canada, your legions, our legions are full of bars where we ask everybody to come hang out who young vets are not welcome and drink ourselves stupid, get in a vehicle and drive ourselves home and think that's gonna fix the problem. But when I take a dried mushroom from the ground and I put it in my mouth and I'm able to no longer be depressed. I'm excited to wake up. I'm excited to fucking live. And it makes these connections. It opens the doorways in the brain that we've been told that we don't allow or have access to because of the other shit the world has told us we shouldn't be doing.
1: I I get really angry with some people about this stuff who are so, like, I've always thought like, if you're pro a point to the point where you feel like, if you think someone should go to a cage which is basically yeah. what locking someone is. If you think yeah. someone should be thrown in a cage for drugs, you should yeah. understand the drug thing inside and out. Exactly. Because if you don't, you should probably shut the fuck up. Like I keep telling people, like the fact that I have to break the law and still continue to have to break the law in order to literally save my life, heal myself. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I would go further than that. I think that if it wasn't for MDMA, if it wasn't for care, I probably would have ended up killing myself because it was Fair. that bad. It was that bad. The fact that I had to break the law in order to save my life. And now, like, if I say to somebody like, oh, God, you know what? The work's been hard. I need a couple of beers to take the edge off it. No one's going to say anything.
0: No one's going to question that.
1: But, but if I say... You know what? Every three months, I want to go to a room with other people and I want to take some MDMA and I want to listen to music. That's criminal. What about that makes sense? None of it makes sense. And I get the reason I get frustrated about this is because people if you, and one of the things, one of the reasons I talk about this is because I want to change people's minds about it. And I have changed people's minds about it. I'm
0: glad to hear you talking about it the way you are, because it's incredibly important.
1: And most people have never actually been given the other point of view. And and anybody, anybody that's not attached to the point of view through ego will come around to your way of thinking, because why wouldn't they come around to your way of thinking? Why Mm -hmm. would it? Because, you know, and, one, one of the things that, like, you know, I want to fucking slap the taste out of people's mouth when they say this. You're like, right, I think drugs should be decriminalized. Oh, so you reckon everyone should just be allowed to be a heroin addict, to you? Well, hang on a minute. Why, like, when, when we talk about alcohol, we don't go, oh, so you think everyone should be a crippling alcoholic, to you? No, I think people should be able to have a couple of beers. Like, But people take the the drug arguments and then they go straight, instead of being like, oh, this person's gonna do Molly maybe once or twice a year, they go straight to fucking heroin addict that steals. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh Mm -hmm. yeah, they're gonna steal from other people and stuff. I'm like, whoa, Mm -hmm. whoa, whoa, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. That's like saying, right, we're not gonna let anyone have a car because some people drunk drive and and drive recklessly. Well, what about all the the responsible fucking drivers?
0: Well, do you know what I had to do? So up until, I'm very transparent about this. I have a successful company. I have a successful this, this, and this, and this. I look incredible on the outside. I'm not even going to like pretend I don't.
1: And <laughs> I'm not, I'm not laughing year, because you don't. I'm laughing because I like the confidence.
0: But well, hey, fuck, why not, right? <laughs> so last year I'd spent, so from 2009 until end of last year, I have bought My PTSD. I mean, I went to therapy every week. I fucking took the drugs. I tried experimental shit. I did whatever it took to stay alive for my husband and my son. Mm -hmm. And then it got to a point where my husband and son were not enough anymore. And I knew that. And I probably should never have been left alone in a room. I spent days in bed. And my husband stuck by my side and said, you know, we're going to do whatever it takes. We're going to fix this. We're going to fight this. We're going to fucking win this. And in my mind, I'm already like, I'm gone. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I cannot fight these demons in my head anymore. And when somebody has never been in that position, they do not know how desperate you are to save your own fucking life. I had to, in January this year, okay? I had to, fortunately enough, I got connected with a group of people who are army rangers. I will not say their names, but they reached out to me and said, hey, like literally from a podcast episode, I finished with them and my my just- my visual changed as soon as I hit stop record. Right. And he just leaned in and he goes, are you okay? Is it honestly? No, no, I haven't been okay for years. I have never been okay. I don't know. How, I don't, what is okay. Like, what is that? And he goes, I want to talk to you about something. And we get I'm having a conversation. He goes, have you ever dabbled in psychedelics? And I said, listen, I said, I've been raised my whole life, you don't smoke weed, you don't do this, you don't do that. But at that point, I had been using cannabis for four years, I was one of the first in Canada to be given it by Veterans Affairs and paid for. And so that was working right until it wasn't. And they said, Have you ever dabbled? I said, You know, I did. I did psilocybin once when I was younger, and somebody actually put it in my food in high school and didn't tell me. It was the worst experience of my life. Tiny little smurfs no were shit. coming under the door, just stabbing me. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? So I never did it again. And he goes, listen, I want you to know, a buddy of mine is like, I've got, some, I've got some mushrooms. I just want you to try microdosing. And I was like, okay. I call up my treatment doctor, who's also a vet who served as a medic in Rwanda during the genocide, has served in Bosnia. Like this guy's an old dude, is hard as fuck. And he saved my life. He goes, listen, I want you to do it. I want you to try it. I'm not going to put it on your record. I'm not going to say anything because it's illegal, but I want you to try it and let's see how it works. I started microdosing and I'm like, okay, this is good. So this isn't enough though. It's taking the edge, but I'm still, every time I close my eyes, I'm planning out my suicide. I'm writing the letters. I'm doing the things. I can't do it anymore. And he goes, okay. I said, somebody just offered me an opportunity to go sit with Mother Ayahuasca and do this. Can I go? Do you think I can do this? And he goes, Listen. You're on an SSRI right now. And for my listeners who don't know, it's an antidepressant, period. You have to be off of that to go do that. And I said, okay, can we do that? He goes, well, how long do you have? I said, I have two weeks. He goes, well, I really don't want you off of that that quickly, like that's dangerous. That's super dangerous. And I said, I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna do it whether you want me to or not because I I don't have another option. I had to travel to another country um, under false pretenses. So I can get into the country because if they found out what I was doing, which was highly illegal, not only would I go to prison, those individuals who helped save my life and spent their livelihood on it would go to prison. And I've never publicly talked about it. This is actually the first episode I've like ever admitted doing ayahuasca. Um, this group of people sat with me, the shaman sat with me for three days and I went into ceremony. To say it saved my life, and she—I say she because she is an entity, she is a deity, she is there, she is real. That side that you're speaking of, those connect points—like I'm gonna fucking cry right now, you dickhead—is
1: flipped on you.
0: Oh, you motherfucker! <laughs> Payback's a bitch, buddy. <laughs> it's real. That shit's so fucking real. It's tangible. It's—it's it's, you can—it's olfactory. It's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's everything. It is everything. I walked out of that weekend and I've never felt suicides.
1: made me cry now. <laughs> you fucking bitch. <laughs> oh,
0: fuck. God damn it. Um, we're a pair
1: of pussies. We oh, are. Man. We're just
0: a bunch of whiny bitches right now. I, um, I've never thought of suicide since. And this was January of this year.
1: Well, I'm glad. And, I'm super um, fucking stoked too. But yeah, but I know exactly where you're coming from. And it's... It makes me angry because there's people that would be alive today if this stuff was um, was available to them. Like, instead, instead we normalize drinking Uh, and we punish people. Like, you know, we literally people just like, you know, it's like, I I, I need, I need, I need this to save my life. No, and not only no, not 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 only no, you're a criminal, and it's it's nuts. Like you and me had to break the law to save our effort. own lives. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and honestly, now I'm at this point where I I, I don't want to. Go. I'm like, but I'm willing to. Like, I'm willing, and I'm sure you are too, to talk about it because I'm like, fuck you. This needs to change. This is fucking bullshit. bullshit. This is this yeah. is bullshit. This is like, this is just. There's right and there's wrong, and yeah. I don't care what the fucking law is. I know that something is wrong. Like. Yeah. If you could show me that, like, look, okay, well, you know, what you guys, what you guys do to t- save, save your life, that costs – because the thing is that I go, well, you know how many people get killed in the drug war every year? Yeah, you're a fucking. Yeah, because you made it a fucking illegal drug war. You made how it many illegal. Actually, how many people actually die from – so, like, MDMA. What they'll do with MDMA, there's barely anybody in the UK dies from MDMA a year. But what will happen is someone will get a bad pill, which has usually I- got some fucking rat poison in, and they'll die right and then they'll go this person died of mdma wait a minute if i get if i give you a pint of lager and i pour half the pint out and then i put petrol in the other half and i give you that pint what did that did you die of alcohol or did you die of fucking petrol you died of the petrol so even with their trumped up numbers it comes nothing to matching what the alcohol you know what the alcohol numbers are and 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 it and it becomes and we have adopted. support
0: groups and we have support groups for alcoholics. Yeah. We have, let's fix your family. We'll give you other chances. They don't put you in prison for alcohol. But if we do anything that's from the fucking ground that comes mm. from nature and we risk our lives to do it and our family and our reputation and everything else included with it, we're the dickheads. We're the irresponsible adults. We're the ones who shouldn't have kids. We're the ones who, who shouldn't be driving around society and and spreading our views. It's like, fuck you. Who tells you that you know what, you, you can do and make all these laws and then you can watch 22 plus because that's just the median yeah. number. Suicides happen every fucking day. And, but we can just let it fly. COVID, COVID. Oh yeah, that's the whole thing. COVID, so everybody dies of COVID. Uh, fuck you, they do. You made up trumped up numbers, just like you guys did. No different with the fucking drug issue. And then you targeted communities that can't help themselves, that don't have voices, that can't do shit about it. And then you impose these laws on them and think that nobody's ever going to fucking say anything. And I've really had about enough of it. Truly. I'm done watching my friends kill themselves. I'm done watching my friends lose their husbands and their wives and not having parents because the government- decided for a second that something that grew in the ground is fucking illegal. It's un, it's unconstitutional. It's un, it's inhumane and it's unacceptable. And the fact that we keep standing for it pisses me off.
1: Something that most of them take themselves and admit to taking themselves at some point in their life. Oh, of course. You know, that's like, yeah. I, you know, I have friends who worked in private security around politicians and they're all on fucking Coke. They're all on hookers. They're yeah, all exactly. on that kind of stuff. You know, and uh, I just, I, I I, I I feel with it like, you know, one of the, the problems is is people. One of the things and like you know, to be fair, let's put ourselves in the position of, um, let's say, a six year old woman who's a voter who doesn't know any, who's never heard this story. She's never heard right. your story. She's never heard mine. All she's heard is drugs kill kids and stuff. It's totally natural for her to want to 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 stop them because that's of what course. she's like. That's what she's heard. Um, and, but people will be like, well. You don't hear people coming out and saying the good stuff about it, do you? Yeah, because they'll lose their jobs. They'll lose they'll their lose families. They'll lose everything. Like, they'll lose their kids. There's, like, because to me, like, like I, I told you earlier, like, the, I didn't do drugs when I was younger because I was under the impression that if you did drugs, next day, you'd be living on the fucking streets.
0: You're a bad person. And,
1: and then I got to Malibu, and all these people I was meeting who were people who were successful in business, successful in athletics, successful in charity, just absolute winners i'm like wait a minute people these people do drugs but i thought only losers do drugs i thought like if you did drugs you end up on a street because this guy's got a giant ass mansion and you know some of the kindest fucking people i know who do the most for other human beings use drugs on a weekly basis Mm -hmm. and i'm like wow this is just a fucking giant lie it's an absolute Mm -hmm. fucking giant lie and Mm -hmm. it's just it's you know, like, it's, you know, the same way that it's a lie that if you drink, you'll beat your wife. No, if you're a piece of shit, you'll beat your wife. The right. alcohol has nothing to do with it, unless it's stellar, like I told you earlier. But, you know, but like, if you, if you, if, you know, you can't blame alcohol for, you know, being so to death. And there's a, I, I was looking into, because I really wanted to find out about these drug deaths in the UK and stuff about ketamine. And like hmm. the only example I could find of it was like this guy who'd poured like three grams into a water bottle and drank it. And what? it's obviously a sensitive, but that's like, yeah. That's like saying, oh, well he died of alcohol. Well, what did he do? Well, he drank 10 bottles of vodka. Okay, that's what? probably gonna kill you. Like enough, an, <laughs> if, I go, if I go and drink, if, if I go, if I go now and eat two kilos of Himalayan rock salt is probably gonna kill what? me. Like you will point like no shit that will kill you. Right. But, but we write that off and, and, it, and yeah. it's all, it, it's, it's, fucking, it's, it's quite clearly a way of controlling, it's, it's a way, because if it was, because this is what I always say about politicians and shit, you've got to look at actions, not words. Right. Okay. Out, right. There's a war on drugs. Okay. Well, one, if we've been at a war of drugs for 50 years and it's still not we working, lost. you might, might want to change. Yeah. Well, you might want to at least change your tactics. Right. So <laughs> there's that, so, there's, so there's that side, right? So that, so like, let's, let's, but let's just discount that. If it was genuinely a war on drugs, why is it then that if you are, cause let's say for instance, you are fighting, let, let's say we were, this is Britain against the Nazi Germany, right? So right. we're at war with Nazi Germany. And we find out that some of the highest, um, some, some bankers in London are helping the Nazis. Well, we're going to like those. They are going to be treated like traitors and criminals. Correct. Doesn't that doesn't happen with a war on drugs. Nobody, no. nobody fucking rich goes to prison for fucking drugs. Nobody, no. none of the banks do that launder um, the money. Nobody goes to prison for them. It happens all the time. No one ever gets in trouble with it. They go, oh no, really? Oh, well, can't believe that happened. Guess we'll pay a fine. And the fine is less than the money that they made. That's right. You no, know, So you're like, well, clearly this isn't a war on drugs then, because if it was, you'd be applying this at all the different levels and you're not. You're only applying it at the bottom level. And then you you know you look at you know you look at what da- what damages it do so I'll use a real example one of my mates um, not not a close mate but you know someone I know a good young lad he bought he was going to a party so he picked up the drugs that him and his mates would be using in that party so he had about four or five grams on him I can't remember mm-hmm. exactly what it was but it was about four or five grams in different bags because he picked up for the lads he wasn't a drug dealer he just got picked up yeah he happens he happens to get stopped and searched by the police. He went oh, to Jesus. He lost his job. He had a job. He lost his job. He was a good lad. His family were devastated. I'm like, so he can. Go, he's going to go to prison over that. You now, you're now going to take this lad. Who was a nice lad who had a job and everything. He's not a criminal. You're going to take him. Well, he's criminal in the sense of he, him and his friends. He's in the system al- now. They, they wanted to. They wanted to alter their state of mind. You know, God forbid, someone should get to have decisions over their own consciousness. Ooh. So because of that, he went to prison. It's then when, when, So when he's in there, obviously, fucking, that's not a nice experience for anybody. No. When he comes out, he wants to go straight. Most people don't go straight when they come out. But he wants to go straight. But his back's up against it forever now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the people that did that to him are the same people who run the show of invading a country like Iraq under false pretenses and don't have to answer for anything but because his, him and his mates wanted to go to a party and have an elevated mood for a night, they are mm. criminals. It's fucking yep. bollocks. Yep. I, 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 I fucking hate it. And I grew up under this illusion. I grew up under an illusion that I lived in a free country, and it's absolute bollocks. Absolute mm-hmm. fucking bollocks. Now, our, do we have more freedom here than um, Afghanistan? Saudi
0: Arabia?
1: Yeah. 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 But but how much really when it comes to it how much more not that much really not that much more like if i could if i i like at the end of the day what what is a human being right you know we have a like we have a physical entity and we have a spiritual entity Mm -hmm. if i if i do not get to make the decisions about what goes on in my own consciousness do i actually have any freedom at all i would say no I would say you don't like everything like the fact that like, well, like let's even pretend COVID didn't happen. Right. The fact that I can go on holiday, the fact that I can go to the gym, that kind of stuff, that's still not freedom. If I don't get the freedom of what goes on in my own head, I'm sorry. It's just, it's just, it's just fucking not. It's like, it's, it's a lie. It's a fucking lie that we have freedom. We just don't, we, until people are allowed to make decisions for themselves that impact themselves, then you don't have freedom.
0: That's like what you posted actually recently. I saw the post, and it's not that I was laughing, but I was actually hysterically almost pissing my pants laughing. I saw that the British military no longer allows the words "lads." Oh. What's that about? Want to rip on that for a sec, huh? Huh? Yeah.
2: Uh, no, right.
0: That's I what I'm swan. saying. That that goes to the point of what you're saying is we, we can't say certain things. Like for example, like I remember when I served with the guys, they asked me after a firefight, "Do you want a fag?" <laughs> do smoke but i also didn't know that's what you call them and so smoke i turned and looked at them and they're like do you want a fag and i was like i'm do, what the fuck did you just say to me and he's like this is what we call cigarettes and i and in my mind i'm going uh i don't i can't compute i can't my brain can't wrap my brain like i could not wrap around that but if you were to say that in canada or united states and ask somebody if they want a fag they're gonna punch you in the fucking head because they think it's some type of uh, like anti-Semitic in some way it's 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 a slur it's a it's it's something disrespectful it's like all cultures have different things of calling things it's like it's it's no different if, if one of the guys would be like call me you know god knows what but there's certain cultures that can say certain things and get away with it but if you just were to say that in a different area you're gonna get your fucking face kicked in like I said it to the guys when I got back I was like they asked me they're like how was it and I was like I don't know they tried to make me smoke some fags and that was like the only thing I wasn't down for and they're like <laughs> what the fuck did you just say? And I was like, they're called cigarettes. And they're like, you can't say that. I'm like, I can't say the British slang for cigarettes. Nope.
1: But this is the I, I, My thing with all this stuff. It's fucking tiring. Like, I just want to put yeah, my head yeah. to the table now.
0: Don't but put your head thing, to the table. Don't but do the it. thing,
1: But the thing with it all is there's so much that we have fucking, like, we would, so much fucking stuff that we have fucked up in society right. that needs fixing. Right. But instead of actually addressing anything that fucking matters, it's like, oh, look what, like the army, like, let's, use, let's use that army example. Okay. Where they have massive recruiting problems, massive retention problems, massive problems with, with all kinds of veteran issues. Mm-hmm. You know what we're going to concentrate on? People not getting offended because we use the words lads.
2: Mm-hmm
1: they don't like all they want is something that they can say well i did this and now i can move up the career ladder and stuff it's like address a real fucking issue no that's you know? too hard well exactly and and that's like I, I i fall out with a lot of like the woke generation because the, mm-hmm. the woke ge- the woke generation are under the impression that they're the only people that care about people and that everyone else <laughs> that doesn't subscribe to their way of thinking are, are bigots i always yeah. say to them, like. What have you actually done? Right. What have you done, Mister? Care you care so much? You think you think this fifty-year-old lady? Yeah, you, yeah, exactly. You think this fifty-year-old lady, her 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 thoughts are, are outdated and all that. She built a business from scratch as a woman at a time where women were not allowed into business. She's done mm-hmm. that. She's employed and empowered other women. She's employed and empowered people in color. What have you done? And usually the answer is a resounding fuck oh, all. Cool. And this is why. These fucking cunts come up with terms like white savior complex because what they can do then, if there's, a, if there's somebody from Britain who goes over and works in Africa and actually puts their life on the line for black lives, let's say in Africa, mm-hmm. oh, well, they got white savior complex, because to admit otherwise would be to admit that you sitting around with your group of fucking middle class friends in London o- over a fucking mimosa going, oh, we're so fucking woke, we're so great. We oh I made this post last week. Great. What have you actually done? You've done fucking nothing, and that's exactly what the army are doing at the moment. You do it. The army is is going on this woke thing. They're doing nothing that matters. They're just fucking gassing.
0: Yeah, they're gaslighting. They gotta follow suit. Yeah. It it oh it winds me up too. I hear you, but I think I think the takeaway from it is is we. We can control how we choose to perceive reality. And some people may choose to perceive reality in the way that they are told by a mainstream media source, rather than doing the hard work, getting any sort of um, assistance from a medicine that should be completely legalized and doing the hard work and looking on the inside. No, 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 no. That's too too hard. Nobody's going to want to do that. You're asking too much. So what they do is they they just listen to what they're told and they blindly follow. And that's okay if you want to do that, but you're not in my realm. You're not in my reality. You're not in my fucking circle. And I don't want anything to do with you. And if you have those conversations, have them. Don't include me. Don't talk to me. Don't bring your negative ass energy into my energy field. Cause I got, I got too many things. I got too much positivity. I got too much momentum and you're not going to stop it and fill my head with a bunch of shit. The thing between you and I, the difference between you and I, people like Paul, people like the military that have actually served and seen action and seen what happens to the world versus the rest of society is we know what it is really like when shit can hit the fan we can appreciate what true, true violence is on a Mm, level that nobody else will, and they will never. So they will never understand people that have been, that are truly violent, that are truly killers, that have truly gone and done service. They'll never understand people like us. The fact that we're willing to look outside our bubble and do the hard work and see inward, we're willing to go to any means necessary. They've never been driven to desperation like that before. They're soft, that's why.
1: And like one of the things I'll say is like, some people don't need the medicine to right. take those steps. Some people don't, and some people need more and less than others. And 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 that's something that like I would. I know, some people need to come to it in their own time, and that's fine. Right.
0: But, that that's but, it. People do have to come to it in their own yeah, time.
1: But the. It's it's a weird one because, like, I feel like I'm extremely tolerant of what everyone wants what uh, like what people want to do in their own lives and stuff and the reason that Mm -hmm. the woke stuff really gets to me is because I see it as the definition of intolerance like they think that someone they think that someone like you and me is a bad person because we don't go along with it and I'm like let's just let's just leave alone the fact that I have black friends who I would have died for. And I've actually, so I've actually proved on the battlefield, I'm willing to die for someone of another color. What have you mm-hmm. done? Oh yeah. You're black square on Instagram. Nice one. Right. But, like, I'll, I'll use the one, you know, recently there was a murder here in the UK and you know, there's a murder in the UK and it made the headline news because it's so rare that a woman gets murdered in the UK. Men mm-hmm. are more likely to, to be the result of violence. And, there was this, like, you know, as to what you were saying, this media narrative kicked in that women aren't safe in the UK, which is absolute bollocks. Unfortunately, one rape is one rape too many. One murder is one murder too many. Of course. But I was like, let's have some fucking perspective here, you know, because it was all patriarchy this, patriarchy that. And part of me, and I can say this to you because you understand what true violence is, like, like you were just saying. Part of me just wanted to, like the girls were saying this to me, part of me wanted to punch them in the face, and then, when they stood up, punch them in the face again, and then say, That is your life in most of the world. Yep. I mean, I, I, and I, right now, I'll punch you in the face again. And I could just rape you if I want and treat you like a piece of property. That yep. is the lot of women and most people. The reason it doesn't happen in the UK is because men don't want that to happen. We want you to be equal right. partners. We want, we, we fucking look like right, we want the best for everyone. Right. So, when you get people saying, Oh, the UK, is a patriarch, you know, like you have no fucking idea of what a patriarchy but is.
0: That's it though. You're talking to people who are uneducated and, and don't understand mm-hmm. violence. And when somebody gets fucking smacked in the mouth, it's like internet trolls. Like I had this conversation with, with Ray today. He gets online and he'll do it live with people and then he'll fucking straight up call them out. He'll hit like request and ask for them to come on video with them. And they would be like, why the fuck did you say that? Like, why the fuck did you say that? It's because everybody is going to hide behind a keyboard because that's the way our society lives now. Nobody's ever going to stand there and get smacked in the fucking mouth anymore for it. Like, they should.
1: And you know what? There's, there's one thing about that, though, as well, is, like, I do think that because I, and I'm sure you do the same, I surround myself, like, I guarantee So anybody, and this is sounds this sounds a bit harsh, but it's true. Anyone that's listening to this podcast right now, I would say is an above average intelligence human being. I would like to think they, so. Well, yeah, but no, I guarantee they are because most people stop trying to educate themselves or to expand their knowledge when as soon as they're out of school, they just stop trying. So yeah. the fact that anyone leaving listens to a podcast, I think already means that you're in a rare company. And one of the things about, you know, like I had someone like, to, to, I'll tie it back to the drug thing. So I had someone recently, I made a drug post about uh, on my veteran state of mind. And someone was like, well, drug people are losers, aren't they? I'm like, well, quantify that. What do you mean? And I'm like, I said, tell me, because, and it was, the hilarious thing was his profile picture was him with a drink, right? So him with alcohol. So first of all, I was like, you do realize that alcohol is a drug. And he's like, well, it's not the same, is it? I'm like, okay, well, no, actually it's not the same because the others have a lot better benefits. But I said to him, I said to him, I said to him, because he was like, no, people take drugs are fucking losers and stuff. I said, fair enough. Tell me what you've accomplished in life. And if it is more than the people I know that use drugs, if you have done more for charity, if you have done more for business, if you have done more for employing other people, if you have done more for the service of your country, if you've done more and all those other things, I'll, I'll, accept, I'll accept your point. And then you just say, well, they're just fucking losers. And I'm like, and I thought you are to me like the, an enemy of, of like, of, of the an, an enemy of humanity almost. Like, and not to the point where I want to put him in a fucking camp in an oven because I don't believe in that stuff. But, but I'm like, you are, the, I'm like, you are perpetuating this, this idea which results in people taking their own lives or even just living a miserable life. Yeah. For what? Because you've got this idea or the, the losers. And, 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 and this, is, this is like the kind of the harsh reality of it is, unfortunately, I think a lot of people just fucking thick as big shit. I really do. Uh, yeah. and it doesn't matter how much. I could tell them this changed my life. This changed this person's life. This Mm -hmm. person uses weed every day and has saved like this and has educated a hundred thousand kids in Africa. They won't care because they can't grasp it because they're fucking thick. And a lot of people are thick and a lot of people are inherently lazy. And um, that's something that like the last year I've always kind of felt like I've always kind of wanted to give everyone the benefit of the doubt and be like, no, everyone is capable of, of reaching certain levels of thought and everyone is capable of, of..." and now I'm almost like like, from everything I've seen over the last year, I'm like, you know what? There I've I've been trying. It's it's almost like there's been, I felt like the boat was sinking and I'm like, ah, get everyone on lifeboat. Now I'm kind of like, I don't really think it's worth, you're worth using a life jacket on at this point. That's okay though. And that's okay
0: though. It's okay though. You're just, what you're seeing is what a lot of people are seeing. And that is people's true, honest representation of who they are is coming through in a time when you either sink or swim, either in business or in mindset or in your health, you either can choose to spend a year getting fat in your home, eating God knows what the fuck, or you can spend a year reading books, developing taking the mental health time you need, spending the time with your family, educating yourself on different things instead of just sitting there and being a fucking troll who's a slob, who's a chips all over himself, living in his mom's basement. At the end of the day, they're just always going to be those people. The difference between you and I and those people is the mindset that we've given ourselves, the strength that we've given ourselves and the ability to look in deep and like go through our own shit and know that we're not perfect and know that we're not, you know, we're not here, we're not gonna change the fucking world, but what we can do is make a goddamn dent And we can make a big enough one that hopefully when that dent is made, it fills up with people who are educated, intelligent, who can think for themselves, who care about their bodies, who care about their families and put the effort in. And I think that is the difference. You're just seeing the true colors that have always been there. They're just being exposed for the first time.
1: But that's what's so funny and weird about humans is that we're the only species who brings along the fucking dead weight yeah of our species because we have like, to or we'll be deemed like,
0: we'll be deemed like but the, um... no but this is
1: what yeah but this is but this is that's what i mean that's what's so interesting because if we like most species are just out for the survival and betterment of their species right that's
0: correct
1: but but like so if we were if we were just like look we got to make our species as as like fucking successful as possible first thing we do to, oh, to tomorrow is we go out and cull most of humanity (laughs) like if you're if if you like if you're like you you're fucking like you got you got some shit like i'm very lucky that um, and this is the same for most people in the military because obviously it had to pass medical a lot of people aren't born with good genes it's like right okay you guys are gone get rid of you um right you guys are fucking thick you're gone and you just uh, but we don't do that as humans we bring along everyone else and even though i fucking detest a lot of human beings, I still want the best for them. And I'm still like, right. oh God, I want you to snap out of this. Cause the, the only people that I genuinely, I genuinely have like, and not hate's probably too strong a word, but people who like, if you don't believe in some, if you don't believe in education, and if you don't believe in um, medicines, if you don't believe in all that stuff, I, okay, great. But yeah. if you try and then stop other people doing that, you and fall into it. a group of people that I hate. And that is right. basically the one, that's the one group of people that I, I hate. And I would include um, generally, because there are good people in government, they exist. But generally I would include government in that group. Like the idea that some fucking bloke in London, what, 250 miles away that he knows what I need. That's insane. Your mind. That's, it, that's insane. Yeah. It's fucking yeah. insane. And it's like, look, like, you know, the, the, I, t- I was speaking to this fucking guy the other day, this young guy, and I kind not hate on him too much because I was probably just the same when I was, like, in my early 20s thinking that, like... And he was like, well, the reason that we don't have anarchy is because we have laws. And it's like, no, the reason we don't have anarchy is because we, it's because most people want to live peaceful lives. The right. reason it's always fucked it up in the past is a group of people that want to be violent turn up and fuck it up for everyone else. That's the right. reason most people aren't... I, I, I don't, like, the reason I don't rape people is because I don't want to fucking rape people. The reason, oh I'm, not murdering people, the reason I'm not murdering people is because I don't want to murder people. <laughs> like, it's not laws that stop most people doing that.
0: Or you know? it's because you're not being paid enough, yeah.
1: I'm not being paid enough. But, like, you know, it's, but this, this, this idea that we, like... That, that we know what's and best, and, and, and again, are there some people... There are human beings that need to be put in a fucking cage. Those people exist, but they are the tiny fraction. Uh, but then we use that then as a way of instead of going, well, what are the best examples of, of humans? And, and what, like, you know, what, what are people? You know, like, what do most people behave like? Most people behave very fucking well to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of them modeling things off that and going, oh, you know what, if you treat people like adults, they act like. Adults. Instead of doing that, we go, well, there's these few people that don't. So we're going to put on those. And and unfortunately, there is, I think you and me, I think we were probably born with something in our DNA that made us want to be, um, you know, attracted us towards the military life. I think that that's something that a certain amount of people get born with. There are also a certain amount of people who I think are born with this idea that they should control other people. So, you know, people like Boris Johnson, I think Boris Johnson thinks that he's, he he thinks he's doing everyone a favor. That's yeah. how he thinks. He's like, I was born for this. I'm supposed to do this. No, mate, you are fucking not. Supposed, I don't need you. I don't need you in my fucking life. No, mate. <laughs> I, I will cut I will cut you a check every year because I do believe I've been fortunate enough to have a good job. I'm I'm happy to spread some of that money around. Yeah. But fuck off! Don't tell me how to live my life.
0: That's like, it. You that's know, and, and
1: that, that's one of that's one of the crazy things about the UK right now It's like. I have to give up, like, it, it doesn't work out quite as half the check because, you know, like there are thresholds underneath it. But, you know, some of my tax, I'm paying 40% income tax. And then, on to, and then everything, that, and then everything that I pay, then I'm paying 22% VAT on every purchase that I make. So let's say, and then, oh, well, and then when I die, by the way, about half my shit will get taken off me too. So let's just say half my shit goes to the government. Okay, fine. But then if you're, going to tr- if you're going to tax me like an adult and if you're going to say, right, we're going to tax, right, what's, it, what's in your head that you come mm-hmm. up with, we're taking a cut with. If I'm responsible enough to pay that tax, am I not responsible enough to say, I don't know, go to the gym and wipe down my equipment later before someone else uses it? Am yeah. I not responsible enough to do that? No, but I'm responsible enough to give you thousands of fucking pounds every year, aren't I? Yeah. Fucking bollocks. Do you know what the thing butts? is?
0: I think it's your face.
1: Probably it's my face.
0: I think it's your face. I think it's your hair.
1: You just want to see the your mullet.
0: Face. I love the fucking mullet. The mullet the, that made my the day. The, the, day the day.
1: mullet's is the best thing that's come out of COVID, honestly. The I, mullet's not going anywhere.
0: I'm not even going to lie to you. The first time I saw you put it up, I was like, and um, we became best friends at that moment. You just didn't know it because it's that mullet, is fucking legit. I'm impressed. I, I'm impressed. I don't want to say
1: that it's going to save humanity. But I think that it's gonna, it's gonna advance us. It's definitely gonna advance
0: us. I'm not gonna lie. There's a kid at my son's preschool, which is an outdoor preschool, because I'm a fucking hippie mom who sends my kid out to the woods to learn how to use <laughs> knives and build fire nice. at the age of four, because he's dope as shit.
1: Gonna need There's them.
0: There's this. Oh, bro, he's so fucking awesome. There's this kid. I won't even say the name. He's got a mullet, and it is gorgeous it's blonde and it's gorgeous and it's flowing and i look at this mom and i met her yesterday for the first time she goes to shake my hand and i was like you fucking shake my hand that's the first person who has touched me as a stranger in a year and a half and shook my fucking hand i was like the amount of respect i have for you right now for just even shaking my hand i just i just want to fucking just high five you yes just yes. your son's hair, everything
1: i, w- I want to know your opinion on elbow touching
0: I would rather take my own fist or long fingernails and jab them into the depths of my eyes.
1: If anyone comes at me with an elbow thing, I'm going to assume that we're doing UFC and I'm <laughs> going to move that. I'm going to, I'm going to block theirs out of the way and bring that in over in a, in a, the a strike across the nose. Do not be fucking trying to elbow touch me. Do, and, and that's why I said on social media the other day because I saw the foot shake. Again, if oh, you try no. and foot shake me, I will kick you in the cunt. There will be like no mercy for anyone that's trying to do a fucking foot shake. Get the fuck out of here! I, I will deliberately put dog shit all over my shoes and rub them on your Louis Vuitton. You
0: should just start walking around with a bag of dog shit and just, one second,
1: yeah,
0: and then just walk them and wipe it on the guy's ankle. Take. I would, made I would appreciate the shit out of that. Listen, um. Bro, we've been going uh well over three hours. Well I know I'm running
1: out, I'm running out of cocaine.
0: Bro, I know you got the coke going. <laughs> I got the battery I'm, I'm running
1: up. I'm glad to we promise. have the video evidence here that's I'm so glad.
0: Although if you did have cocaine doing it, I would respect you for doing it. Because you know why? Because you're a grown-ass man who knows his limits and I respect your ability and and want to do whatever the fuck
1: you want to do. But this, this is the this is a fancy, right? So like this week, I've got I've had the this podcast for you today, the podcast yesterday, I've got a podcast tomorrow, um, right. and I've had work to do this week. I've had research to do. So you yeah. know what I do this week? No drink, no drugs. Right. Do not that work. Difficult. And then right. this weekend, go and see the boys. I got I'm a few days got got a few days booked off after it. I'm like, right. That could be the balance like it can be that that could be that could put it's like oh no 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 gonna be a heroin addict gonna be a mess and it, and it winds me up because i'm like how is this something that should like needs to be like how is this something that needs to be defended
0: but it doesn't because, and here's why because you don't need to defend yourself to fucking anybody thanks bro. you don't you need to not <laughs> give a shit when anybody thinks like you of all people should not give a flying fuck what anybody thinks about you.
1: That, that's the superpower, though. I, um, I did um, with uh, Marty over at Coffee or Dime magazine. He did this 11 questions thing. And he asked, like, mm-hmm. what would your superpower be? And that's the superpower that I chose would be the ability to not give a fuck what other people think. Which is really it's a really difficult thing for people to do.
0: So difficult. But... There is a line, and I feel like you'll get pushed past it. And when you do, you'll be welcomed onto my side, and then I'll welcome you over with a handshake, a hug, a Mm. fucking weird braid mullet situation. We'll we'll braid our hair together. We can braid braid it together, and then we can just walk around and knock sense into this world. Because if anything, you're by far one of the most insightful people I've ever got the opportunity and honor to speak with, and you are one of the people that I consider. And I say this at the end of my shows because I don't have fucktards. On my show. You're a value add. People need to hear you. People need to see you. People need to know what you do. And people need to read your fucking books.
1: Thank you. I have nothing to You're add welcome. to that. I, I am pretty fucking awesome. So. <laughs> I know you are.
0: And you should continue to fucking say that and look that in the goddamn face every time you look in the mirror and go, I am fucking awesome. I am deserving of all of this. I am going to succeed because there's nothing that's going to stop me. You are more, more powerful than you give yourself credit for. And if you just for one second looked yourself in the face and just said, why do i care what anybody thinks what's that going to benefit we, why you? do
1: we care though why do we care? We don't
0: we don't look at me we don't. We don't. We, don't. we don't we don't and you know why because we're solid enough in ourselves to know that it doesn't matter your opinion of me over here your troll i had my first troll by the way i'm really proud i had a i had my very first troll You're on like instagram
1: how, you've only had one troll how
0: i don't have a big instagram i you're, just started it a-
1: you're, you're you're a woman trolls come for women like harder for harder they for did anyone. they
0: came they came hard for me they said uh, if i use more emojis then maybe my dad would love me and i was like if you only knew the love That's that my dad of- has for me like it wouldn't even matter yeah oh i'm gonna so after this kind of i'm funny. gonna show you <laughs> bro it was kind of fucking hilarious i'll show you the <laughs> screenshot oh no the dm i got from that person after him was legit it was about covid it was a whole thing was it was it but- was it a penis no, I wish it was because it would have been better to make fun of. But I mean, what can I say? I'm not, I'm not at the level of cool as you. You're going to have to help me grow my Instagram following because this is a new new area I'm learning how to uh, not give a fuck in. So I'll help I, you I, I, not give I, a fuck and you help yeah. me with that.
1: So what, like, what I found on Instagram growth is it turns out that speaking out against government and, growth, uh, and COVID laws is, is a, a perfect way to stifle your growth um yeah. i've been at like exactly the same number now for over a year because yeah. i'll get new i'll get a few new people in but every yeah. time every every day um i every day if i post anything that's basically like and here's my thing like i've never been anti-vax i've never been anti-mask all i have been is anti-mask mandates and anti-forcing vax, vax. i'm like Correct. if you want it my was had the vax my dad's had the vax my gra- um, grandma's yeah. Like, yeah yeah great and I, and when I go into, a, if I see an old lady in a store, I put a mask on because I don't want her to feel, you know, fake. It's a
0: respect but, thing for humanity.
1: Exactly. But I'm against making it fucking law. But every Agreed. time I say that, I have at least, guaranteed, per post, at least 50 people out the door. Every time, at least 50. Like, but here's the
0: thing. But here's the thing. Why would you want those people to continue to be a part well, of your bubble?
1: The reason I, the reason I do, and this is because I think that, and 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 I used to think on bigger number. I used to think, oh, I can convert loads of people into critical thinking and all that kind of stuff. Now I've realised that you know what? Like you might just change one person a day, but that will fucking have a compounding effect it's still over there. one person. So like that that one person that let's say like that one person who, you know, because most people do think that it's one or the other with masks. So maybe right. that one person they go, oh wait, some people just don't want masks mandates, but that doesn't mean they don't want people to not wear masks. Oh, right. then they might tell somebody and, you know, and so mm-hmm. that's why I'm trying to be a bit less. Cause the thing is like, I'm military, you're military, you know, the score. Sometimes yeah. I just want to stick my fucking knife hand in someone's face and just be like, <laughs> you are fucking thick and I need to brief you up and slap, slap you because you are just being fucking dense right now and most people are being fucking dense right now yeah and if i could just grab great britain by the throat oh ooh, fucking hell grab it by the throat and <laughs> give it a ooh, slap yeah and i give it give it a good fucking slap yeah sometimes but that's what it needs but like people don't respond to being shouted at they're not going to change no. their opinions you know that that way um you know bringing it back to paul because i love him um, oh, Paul. Paul was Paul was the first guy that I met where we actually talked about veganism. I was like, "Oh, actually, a lot of this stuff makes sense." Yeah, because right. everyone else in the past would be like, "Do you eat meat?" Yeah, we're a terrible person. Paul's like, "No, nah, mate, I get it." And I'm like, "Oh, you know what? I actually... So I, I like, I still eat meat, but I don't really. I used to eat a lot of tuna and stuff. I don't eat that anymore." But After right. talking to a tiny change because Paul talked to me like a human being, and he know?
0: respected you enough to do that. I know my lunch yeah. today was a vegan lunch. I. I, it was fucking pasta something or whatever, but it was, it was vegan. I would never have normally like the president of my company. She's a vegan. She's never shoved it down my throat. I knew her and was friends with her for three years. Didn't know she was a vegan. Like Mm. it, it, it's about a respect with it. Right. And that's, and that's another thing. It's like a, it's a respect for values, but it's also an understanding to have an open conversation and feel safe to have a different conversation than you normally would have had, or a mindset change that you may not have had before. As long as someone talks to you with respect and like you're a human being, you can understand, you can see the other side. But unfortunately, we're in an era where people don't want to hear somebody else's other side and are unwilling to sit and have that conversation. And that's where you see, you know, that that pushback and that that ignorance and that just just talk, just. Talk to people like I've had I had somebody tell me not to have Topher and TMR on my page, like on my podcast.
1: Oh, Topher's dope.
0: Topher's oh, dope. So I had T- him on. Oh,
1: so, so, oh, sorry, TMR. Yeah, so was he.
0: Yeah, I've had both of them on my show. Yeah. Yeah, and they, I had uh, Topher on the exact moment, like before, I think it was right before Patriot blew up and before the Capitol thing happened and all of that. But because he's a conservative, I was told very privately to not have him on. Because if you're going to want to make film or you're going to want to do show, or you're going to want to do this. Well, all of the stations we need to have you on are super, super liberal. They might see that. And I'm like, here's the thing. I'm for open conversation, whatever your stance is. We don't have to agree, but it's okay to have an open, safe dialogue. There's fucking nothing wrong with that. And I don't care what anybody says about that.
1: And look, one of my things with that, because I'm in exactly the same position, Mm -hmm. um, there is i i am pretty i'm i'm pretty confident that some projects i was supposed to have that fell through was because of my public opinions about stuff and um my thing is you know what at the end of the day there's millions of people out there who have given their lives for freedoms that we we do have even though i don't believe we are fully free we still have a better level of freedom in a lot of countries right and if i if i have to give up a tv deal in order to continue expressing freedoms then i'll give up a fucking tv deal don't
0: um, worry so there's that, plenty that, coming down your pipeline
1: but don't but but I, but I i genuinely don't give a fuck like what's more important right. to me is having a conversation with somebody i i don't agree with a, a lot of what topher and, and like tmr say but i i know that they're both but, great but, guys
0: but, exactly. and that's the important
1: thing like they're intrinsically good guys and that's what you matters don't me. have
0: to agree
1: yeah. yeah and if someone doesn't want to work with me because of that
0: i don't want to fucking work with them
1: and, well, and if imagine that means what you'd have to deal with yeah and i and i i I've, I've done some i i have worked i've worked on a tv show in hollywood and this was in 2016 and it was like some of the stuff that then where i was just like this is fucking this is bonkers and like yeah. now it's just a totally different you know different ball game and yeah. but at the end of the day it's like yeah okay if you're going to miss those opportunities was it really an opportunity in the first place if like that's not going to be a fun life like if, no. if someone's like if someone like imagine you some those people like Oh, well, you actually have a problem with you because you had a conversation with somebody. Oh, I'm sorry. I had a fucking chat with another human being. Did I guess I'm a terrible person? Guess
0: I'm horrible to hear somebody else's view on something. We can't have anybody else's view. And also it's the swearing. That's the biggest thing that holds me back. People tell me you swear too much. You swear too much. You swear too much. It's not ladylike. It's not respectful. It's not kind. There's a time and place. It's a fucking word. It's a word. Just like me talking, saying any other word. Fuck is just a word. Like it. it. it Oh my
1: God you that 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 noise your vocal cords made i was yeah. okay with the, all the other vocal cord noise but then you right. made this other vocal cord noise fuck those people what you need to do next time exactly. get your dick out helicopter your dick Yes. i be like oh yeah how's this for lady like
0: Wee. yeah ex- exactly i'll get my uh, shiwi that the military gave me to pee out of so i didn't have to squat and it looks she-wee. like a penis yeah you Is that hold for it sale just-,
1: just asking for a friend
0: Right up, I'll bet you, you can buy them and I'm going to send you one in your care package. So now you're fucked. You can just use it on Paul. It'll be like, you guys aren't even touching. He's got the prosthetics. Yeah. You've got the prosthetics and then we'll find a way to make it work. Hey, See, as long as right. I get to witness, but listen, I'm i uh, I'm going to cut us there because I think that you and I are going to have another episode together, whether you want to or not. Cause Sweet. I think that there's a lot um, that we can chat about, but I also think my listeners are gonna tap out about almost at a four hour mark. So I'm gonna I'm gonna cut us there. Are we mate, we started at what time did we start at? Two and a half hours. We we're at,
1: got we're stamina, believe, over you know.
0: two and a half hours. We're well oh, over two and I a do half need,
1: hours. I do need a cup of tea. It has been an hour. A couple of hours since I've had a cup of tea. So I do. Uh huh. Yeah.
0: I know. And at least you're a tea guy like me. So we'll be all right. We'll 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 continue to be friends, I guess, after this with all of that, you know, crazy political shit that you've had to say. Oh my God, my heart is broken. I don't know if I can even. Carry on with all of your jargon, but I want, okay. Do me a favor. Do my listeners a favor after they've just done listening to us rant excessively, tell them every social media handle that you have, that they can follow you and that they can find your incredible
1: books. At G R J books, one word uh, at veteran state of mind, GRJ Um Just Books are just on Amazon and stuff. Amazon, <laughs> so all of your books. I, I forget that. I, I forget <laughs> when I come on podcasts and stuff. No I'm worries, it's okay. Um, yeah, GRJ at GRJ Books. Social media, like I, I sell signed copies for like literally like a, just a couple of quid more than the, the regular copies because I was well, like having signed copies off people. I Fucking
0: so. need to have. Yeah. The copies. Do you see my hand gesture?
1: Like, I, I need need I the need, hard copies i need um, the hard copies I, I, oh yeah I got, i've got. got a new book out by the time this goes out mason yep you do me. so i as well as like writing about people getting shot i write about people getting stabbed
2: nice. um
1: and, and that's like yeah roman era stuff um i started the series with we started with start with penguin then i decided that i knew better than them and i went self-published for a bit then i decided that i enjoyed doing that but I was just more I'd rather spend my time writing so now I'm with a publisher again wow. so nice. uh, and they're pub- so they're publishing that on uh, May the uh, sixth. May the 5th I think May the 6th sixth. Sixth? No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah May the 6th I think Canal. And
0: your episode will be out the day after so we'll have lots of oh. people driving to go get your Excellent. dope ass book Please buy my okay. books
1: cuz I need it for drugs
0: you got it. We're going to buy lots and lots of books for Garant for his drug habit. That is yes. only going to make him a better fucking person. Listen, everyone, please do yourself a favor. If you're listening to this on audio, you need to go back and you need to watch it. Number one, you get to see his sweet ass mullet. Number two, you get to see Lolo, which won't be disappointing. And then you get to see him sniff Coke off like so many different items in his house because that's obviously what <laughs> has happened this entire fucking podcast. I'm so, so, so truly and honestly grateful to have had you on this episode and I will chat with you later we